This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is never lacking in confidence, and as a result is always brilliant, apart from when we have technical issues that mean we're 10 minutes late. But there we go. Anyway, finally, 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 Chelsea get a win at home and a clean sheet, and we've now reached the lofty heights of 11th in the Premier League with 11 points. Keep this up, and we should get the 38 points we need to avoid relegation. Uh, Joking aside, the win... Yeah, well, 38 normally does it, Pablo. Yeah, no, I know. Anyway, joking aside, (laughs) the win was great, but in truth, the performance was poor. But hopefully, getting back to basics, relearning how to defend, keeping clean sheets and digging out results will lead to the confidence flooding back. And out of that, better performances will grow from little acorns. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast, Little Acorns. Uh, which kind of, I don't know why, that always reminds me also of, you know, little, from Little Acorns, Mighty Oaks Grow. That's oh, that, right, yeah. looking at me like I'm I get mad. it. Well, uh, all right, I understand that part of it, but, <laughs> but what? You, you still need to keep going. Okay, well, the other thing is, of course, Acorn Antiques, which was uh, some comedy show years ago, was set in the Midlands. And you Aston know. Villa used to be sponsored by Acorns. And there yeah. we go, see, Pablo, you see, this is what happens when you're not on the show for about two years, Darren. You know, you're just way behind, pal. But anyway, enough of all of that. I should introduce the people here. Of course, most people have already figured out who's on the show. Um, I will uh, introduce the uh, the man who has not been on a show since I think we were on TV. Does that, would that be right? You were on the um, last TV yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I haven't been on since you're right. Yeah, you I'm were on the last TV. That, yeah. So it's all your fault we got booted out of the studio, basically, Darren. Can we swear <laughs> now, then? You can do what you like, mate. It's fantastic. I mean, I, it's I've good been to be back. honestly, I've been trailing this for months. The fact that you were coming back on the show because I get I get emails. People send me emails all the time saying, you know, where's Darren? Where's Darren? We miss Darren. We already shed, doesn't he? Said I'm an idiot. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he knows you better than most people. To be fair, Darren, it really is lovely to see you. Honestly, I, I 
just a shame it's been so long. I wanted That's to be right. back earlier on, but I told you in August it'd been now. You did. So. You told me at your wedding. The f- I mean, most normal people would, like, you know, when they have a <laughs> wedding, they would say, hello, mate, lovely to see you. So nice for you. The first thing Darren says to me is, mate, mate, I really will come back on the show. I've been really busy, you know, and that's, that is why I love you, mate. That is why I love you. You are absolutely mad as a mad, as a mad thing. Anyway, uh, somebody who is not really as mad as a mad <laughs> thing, and uh, we, we thank you for that, actually. Uh, but it's Dan Silver... Who I had the great fortune to have a few drinks with in the pub after the game. Yeah, indeed. It's good to see everybody. It was, wasn't it? It's a yeah. good time. Good time in the pub afterwards, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, last but by no means least, a man who I think might have been even more battered than me by the time that I left the pub. And it is the one, the only Pablo. Hello. Um, back from my own little hiatus. You have well, been actually. on a hiatus, to be fair. We have seen you more recently than him, though. I think, haven't we? I have no idea. Do you know what? I, I can't remember. Right. Have you been in this flat in the last few months? Only for the trust stuff. Well, I'm very, maybe yeah. that's what I'm getting confused with. Smash. Smash. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what I'm getting confused with. Were you on the last um, TV one? I can't remember. I can't remember that. I, I wasn't on the last TV one. Mm. If you remember. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Kidd's presented yeah. it. That was last March, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the bottom line is, as I said uh, in the in the little kind of trailer for the, you know, the, the thing I put on Mixler, it's a bit of a retro feel tonight on the fan cast, having both you and, and Pablo on the show. You know, I'm quite looking forward to this. Yeah, no, so am I. I'm yeah. going to set the ball rolling first of all, Darren. I'm going to say, I'm just see, we'll see if we can get like, get like a Pavlovian reaction, Pablo. Michael Ballack. Yes! <laughs> there we go! <laughs> Full house or bingo already, isn't it? We could do Darren Mantle bingo throughout the show, Pablo. What do you reckon? Anyway, enough, enough of that. Uh, right, on the show tonight, we'll be discussing the great feeling to win again, tinged with the disappointment of a somewhat poor performance. But we'll also be applauding Diego Costa's part in that victory, a true leader. Uh, in part two, we'll be discussing the continuing good form of William and Aspie, the need for Ramirez, Ruben Loftus-Cheek's game of two halves, and pondering the next Chelsea battle, this time Jose versus Eden Hazard. Uh, in part three, we will uh, continue the theme of Jose against the world by looking at his key uh, current battles against the players, the FA and the referees. And we'll also have a look at what a temporary move away to Wembley might mean for the supporters. And of course, to wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporter news. Now, don't forget uh, that you can listen to this show live every Monday at seven o'clock-ish uh, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page there are loads of people doing that right now and uh, Darren is, is loving it because he's not he's, I don't think he's seen this before no I haven't no well, well explain to the listener what what what, the, what you're experiencing Darren well first of all Alison Fledgley it's good to be back on there hello <laughs> you're experiencing Alison Fledgley I'm yeah, sure she's delighted am. yeah I bet she is <laughs> we are the shed Darren is a oh it's going to be what's it going to be this isn't good TV come on type faster <laughs> lovely man thank ba- you basically what well, he's failing to describe is the fact that he's I'll, I'll describe it I'll describe it there's a big TV in the thank background you. with all, every, all the postings on here so I now look past Chidge at the postings and get quite distracted which always annoys him yes indeed <laughs> so there we go no but he's loving that because he's not been privy to that before but we do indeed have everybody who's uh, on the Mixler chat page we can see them on the big TV behind my head I've got a 
I've got a, um, a, a laptop so I can have a look on there. So we can at least see what you're saying, even though we can't be asked to actually reply on there. But we might actually mention them verbally, like yeah. you did, Darren. Yeah, indeed. Uh, anyway, where are we? Yes, yes, get on the Mixler chat page. It is a lot of fun. Loads of people in there, and they all roundly ignore everything that we have to say and chat amongst themselves, which for me is kind of the point. Uh, but also you can tweet us at Chelsea Fancast during the show and tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. Now, very important message, particularly for Darren, who won't know about this, I suspect. Uh, but he will be delighted to hear it. He will be delighted to hear it. Uh, uh, that um, We have made the Football Blogging Awards finalists in the Best Football Podcast category. I knew that. Ring I read your script when you were doing that. Oh, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah I knew it. <laughs> Is this the same one as last yes, in Stockport? but better. Go on. Well, I don't know. Arguably not better. I mean, I, Darren, as people will know, Darren and I and Tell all went up to pick up the award that we won in 2012. Uh, when talking of little acorns, that's the football blogging awards uh, national event was held in a Masonic hall in Stockport uh, near the Dar- hat factory. Yeah, Darren was yep. like because it was very near the hat factory. <laughs> Darren's very fond of the hat factory in Stockport. Now it's it's big. It's like the the world and his wife in terms of football blogging is there, and it's held in the hotel football opposite Old Trafford. Do you think yeah. that might just be because there's more? Just generally more of all of this. Stuff, I don't know. Right? I think they got a bit of sponsorship, got yeah. a bit of interest, boom, and it just goes. And they've got kind of quite sexy Sky Football women presenting the awards. Oh. Darren's eyes are lighting up already. <laughs> so, so am I. Yeah, Dan, Dan's. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. the offer still stands. You can still come along. But anyway, the bottom line is we are in the finals. As Darren knows, we won it in 2012. Yep. Uh, many, 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 many thanks to all of you who have voted for us so far. But, 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 we need you to keep it going. Uh, we are the only Chelsea podcast that has made the finals. We're also the only Chelsea podcast that's ever won it, and I want to do it again. So basically, get out there and vote. Get everyone you know uh, to vote for us. Get your mum, your dad, your granny, your sisters, your brothers, your dog, your cat. I don't care. Get them to vote. Uh, You've got until October the 30th uh, to do that, and it's quite easy. You can vote either on their website, footballbloggingawards.co.uk, or you can go to Twitter, and all you have to do is tweet, I'm voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast as the best football Hashtag podcast even. Uh, while you're doing that, actually, uh, could you vote for Chelsea HQ as the best social football account? Because they're lovely and they're helping us to get the vote out too. And as I said, as far as I can work out, only us and Chelsea HQ are there in the finals. So, you know, get out there and back the Chelsea boys. A win for Chelsea fancast is a win for Chelsea. You know what to do. The tinker man of the podcast, Clive. Why, why am I the tinker... Why? Do, am I going to give everybody a free pizza if they vote us in or something? If I am, def- I, I, I think it maybe it's something to do with the rotated. Lineup. Oh yeah, 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 squad rotation. But he could just call you the Fabregas yeah. of the fan cast as well. Two yeah. picks before that. I, that's Clive. You know you were going to be on next week. You're not anymore. Uh, all right, <laughs> I think it's time you had a little bit of a match review. I can't really. I, I, I've got a Balak type view of Fabregas, basically. Your your Balak type. No, I'd, I'd, but why? let's I'll keep up. Okay. Well, 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 I'll tell you in a minute, but you have to wait. Does he dive around against us? No, no, no. no. Well, other than that time that he did in the Champions League semi-final. Okay, keep your powder dry. Keep your Court powder final. Keep oh, your powder dry. We will be True. back after this thing. Okay, so um, let's get on with it. Um, you know, it was it was good to win. It was good to win, but it was a bit of a bit of a woeful performance. I mean, really, the way I, that I came away from that thinking two things, really, or maybe three, or maybe four. But anyway, starting at the top, 
Uh, we're still not anywhere like the level of performance we were, we were from last season. Thank God Villa were absolutely shit. Uh, and as always, there's no fluidity, little creativity. But wasn't it good to see us get a clean sheet? I'm going to start with you, Dan. Yeah. It was a win. It was an important win. It was not pretty. But one might argue that it's been playing since this calendar year. That's been the level of our performances. It hasn't been anywhere near the first half of last season. Really, since Spurs, we've been grinding out results. Not pretty, not attractive. I, see, but I don't mind that. No, as we said before, podcast is all about yeah. winning. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be an Arsenal fan. I think oh, no. we play pretty football. I hate pretty football. I want winning football. You know, Chidge against modern pretty football. Yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that on. Fellas, Villa were awful. Worst I've seen. Stand from Bridge for a long rubbish. time, long, long time. Mind you, there's a good thing about that because I really hate Villa. As any, I mean, you know this. I, Liverpool are the Scousers of Liverpool. Villa are the Scousers of the Midlands. Arsenal are the Scousers of London. So I hate. I would. I, they finally may go down this season. I can't wait. Yeah, there's been a no, few yeah, years no. they've been teasing us and they haven't gone down. And they will inevitably check Sherwood about February time and they'll get someone who'll keep him up and then also run out of steam and so on and so forth oh, like think, that. You won't last till February. Sherwood will be gone before. I wouldn't put money on Brendan Rodgers coming in. Outstanding choice that'll be. What, to Villa? Yeah. I hope so, for many reasons, none of which I can divulge (laughs) here. Uh, Isn't that right, Pablo? It is Um, I mean, what do you reckon, mate? Perhaps, I mean, it was, was, you know, it it was all about the win, wasn't it? It was, you are right. And as Dan said, Villa were were just shocking. But actually, there were three or four very good performances in there, which is encouraging. I mean, like, William's been far and away our best player this season. But I thought Ramirez had a really, really solid performance, his yeah. best in a while, and I thought that Costa obviously dragged us through it as well. So there's signs of life, I guess. Yeah, and actually that's all that we need. You're buzzing, Dan. Oh, uh, in, uh, your fa- sorry, yeah. your phone is. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, no illegal drugs in this what house yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll turn it off. Buzzing for it, mate. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, uh, yes. I mean, and I think actually the whole title of the show, even though Darren's not quite with the programme yet, I think that does embody it. I mean, it is about, you know... I, I said to Dan before we went on air that, you know, a few weeks ago on the show, we said that what what needs to happen is that, that he needs to rip it up and he needs to start again. We need to... We're so bad, you've just got to go back to basics. And, you, and, and all great Jose Mourinho teams, they build from the back. So go back to, you know, getting the defence solid. Go back to having clean sheets. And it will build from there. And, I mean... Whilst it was a pretty naff match, I, I was actually really, clean, uh, really, really glad that we kept a clean sheet, Dazza. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was. I'd say it's to be expected, really, against Villa. But I suppose with those, nothing's expected at the moment. So yeah, it was good to get a clean sheet. There wasn't really much going on there, though. And I think that Jose should have been experimenting beforehand with the defence before yeah. Ivanovic got injured to try different things. I didn't yeah. really think Babaraman. Was up to much at all. I thought and he was awful. Yeah. I think first half in particular, yeah. he, got, he got utterly bullied. And just, I'm going to wa- warn you, warn you two. I'm going to warn you two who have not gone beyond page two of the script that we're going <laughs> to talk about William Ramirez, Baba one, Baba two, Baba three, Baba Raman, uh, uh, and Ruben Loftus Cheek and Eden Hazard in part two. Just a uh, little. Okay. Sorry. The problem is, is Rick Landville. Rick Landville race. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like being with Jonathan Kidd, isn't it? Oh, come oh, on. It's, yeah, it's not, not that bad yet. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's the point Rick Landfield made last week is that Branner will play most weeks because Joseph's got this whole thing about height at the back and he doesn't like having small players. And obviously with Aspie being on the wrong side of six foot, 
I'm thinking Brian will probably walk straight back into the team. You know what? I mean, it, uh, you know, again, we'll get into this a bit yeah. later because there seems to be. I, I, I don't know what you three think about this. This is off script, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm winging it, which is part of my genius, Dazzle, as you know. But there seems to me there seems to be quite a lot of rumblings about Mourinho at the moment, and from surprising sources. I mean, for example, uh, I doubt if you've had the chance to read it actually, but but Marco's put his, you know, latest ESPN blog up today. And uh, it seems to be getting... A lot of people seem to be getting a bit tired and fed up with Mourinho's antics and the way he's treating the players. Um, Which I have to say I I don't agree with, and I'll get into this later. But the the point that I want to raise from this, really, is that, you know, there are some things that Mourinho is doing which I just cannot understand, picking up from what you were saying, Dan. You know, like you said earlier, Darren, one, picking Ivanovic when he was shot to pieces... but, persisting I mean, um, with Fabregas every week and with both of those actually he that's something what's that, going on Pablo well I, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with his process his thought process in this but he's been saying basically the reason that they've been playing is he is they're the ones that he's kind of seen as the leaders who are likely to kind of like pull the team out of the situation with experience of similar situations or adversity, whereas maybe the rest of the team don't. As I say, I'm not sure I agree. I don't see that. I mean, I don't see Ivanovic hasn't really had a crisis at Chelsea. I don't really remember Fabregas having a... No, but they've got more experience. Their instrument has been particularly vocal on the pitch. Branagh's not really a shout, and Fabregas doesn't seem to kind of G players on the same way that John Terry or Lampard or Drogba did. I mean, Gary, the wonderful Gary Wilson. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already been digging me out about my Fabregas song for last week, and he asked me if I coated Fabregas, or did I boo Fabregas, and did I sing the Fabregas song? Well, as I promised you last week, Gary, I neither booed Fabregas or sang my rather naughty song about him. Um, But what I will say was that there was a moment in the second half when he basically went into a really good attacking position towards the penalty area, and he had about two or three options, and he dithered and got tackled, at which point I lost my shit totally, got up and said, for fuck's sake, Fabregas, you Spanish prick! And that was about as bad as I got. I I, I don't think he put in a better performance on Saturday than he has done. No, I don't think so I think he was still poor, personally. I don't disagree. Can I just say about Mourinho very quickly? Someone did bring up the point that when he was at Real Madrid, he wasn't afraid to drop people like Casillas, um, who was one of their leaders. Mm. Obviously, Casillas was, I suppose, quite against him in the dressing room and whatnot, but he's not afraid to drop people, Mourinho. Nope. So, but why hasn't he it? been dropping people that were obvious to be dropped? Exactly. That's, I think, the point, isn't he's, it? My brother Gary was saying he always says about wanting six players over six foot in a team, mm. helping defending corners and whatnot. So it doesn't explain yeah. Fabregas, but it might... It's kind of a really weird way but, to look at it. Um, I, I, having said all this, I do I do think that it, it, it's uh, you know and it, it will touch into what what we talk about with Mourinho later when we talk about Mourinho versus the players generally. But I do think that uh, you know, and he made this. I mean, the interesting thing, and we've said this for the last few weeks as well, is that you know people always try and and pick out the you know the underlying theme of what Jose is talking about in press conferences. But actually, I think I think they missed the point. I think actually. If you listen to what Mourinho says, he just basically calls it absolutely as he sees it. And he said this afterwards. He said, "Look, it was a, it was horrible. It was a horrible performance, but we got two, we got three points. And we didn't concede." He said that uh, that we need to go back to that place, keep winning, keep digging out results, and then the confidence will come back, and then the performances will improve. And I have to say, mate, I absolutely agree with him. I think that is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I well, yeah, I would agree, and I do agree, but. 
I don't think he's helped to restore the confident mood in the camp. That's at all. part no. three, baby. But essentially, the point we we agree on that point that you, you've got sometimes you've just got to throw you know tear it all up and go back to square one and. And that's it. Now, uh, the one thing, I mean, you know, Darren, I don't know what you think about this, but I thought the crowd was, you know, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, the symbiotic relationship the crowd and, and the players have. And I, uh, that first half, the crowd were very edgy and very quiet, I think. Do you know where I sat for the match? I don't know where you sat for the match. I sat in a shed upper with Richard Weeks. Did you? The, yeah, the old uh, Did they employ you as a me. consultant? Certainly not. They were more mocking me. But, uh, <laughs> I was, I was there, we, what were you doing up there with the, with the you know, the very quiet... Richard had a ticket with him because it seemed that everyone had spare tickets for the match because no one seemed to fancy it for some reason so yeah I just sat there for a change and there was a good 10-15 people that were trying to sing but unfortunately they're right at the back of the stand it doesn't carry forward so yeah. although we sung all you're match, very loud though Darren is that why they hired you because they wanted a bit more vocal effort Again, it was just by default that they had a spare ticket there. And, do you know um, what they need to switching. do? You know, because you and I share very large lungs and very vocal. Yeah. Richard, basically, you need to invite as special guest appearances from Dar- Darren and Chidge for the uh, the uh, the We Are the Shed group, and I suspect that we'll double your noise level by three or four times in the process. See, I did enjoy getting involved in it. Do you know who also sits with them? Just by, I don't think, I think oh, it's by no, coincidence. No. Buncey. Bunce? Yeah, Buncey the traitor, you mean. Buncey, who <laughs> used to sit in gate 17, but says yeah. it's too quiet Dan, in there. Dan I didn't Banks know that. As well. Dan Banks is quite close to the back Yeah, as well. Dan, yeah. Well, Ross, where Dan used to sit next to Ross, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. round more in the corner. We yeah. were yeah. just behind where like the CCTV camera yeah. thing comes down. We were there. But um, it was we were singing all game. That's why my voice isn't the best. It was taking a couple of days to recover. Yeah. But we were singing all game, yeah. about 15 of us. Yeah. No one else really joined in, yeah. apart from about 75 minutes Everyone stood up and started singing Chelsea Carefree. Champions, oh, followed really? by Carefree. Oh, no, that it was, was good. The, two of them, the yeah. Chelsea Champions one was really, really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I thought the second half it was, it was a lot better, actually. Definitely. I mean, I mean, Richard won't thank me for saying this, but I, I think the Matthew Harding lower in the last few weeks, particularly when it's been really shit, have been very good. They've kind of like taken on the mantle, no pun intended. Of you know the worse we are, the more they they sing, and I and I and I like that. I also like the fact that there was a very early. You know Jose Mourinho that came round. I think I, yeah. think I think that was needed. Uh, Richard from We Are the Shedder said, "Steve Byrne, he is bald." Oh no, sorry, Steve Byrne, he is on board. <laughs> yeah. Close, close. He also uh, said that I was quiet. He did. Uh, he was. Uh, he said Darren was quiet. That's. A, I can't believe that. Anyway, are you going to tell him uh, about the William lyrics? By the way, Richards. Tony Glover is in the house. Uh, he of the Podding Shed. Tony, I was drinking with the Kaiser in the Southern Cross. Kaiser Klopp. Kaiser Klopp. Yeah. In fact, as we've now renamed him. Um, and uh, he was on great form, and it was good to see him. Uh, right. Oh, that Tony, you need to let me know if you're on board for coming on the show on the whatever the day it was that we said it was, because I need to know. Anyway, um, right, moving along, because we've got about, about four minutes to do this, which is not enough, but uh, I, 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 I really did think it made a big difference having Costa back, actually, and, I mean, you know, really just because he's such a tank, you know, and, and I... And I I just love I love the effort he puts in, and I mean Jose again was alluding to that earlier in the week. But the fact is that he might not be the best striker in the world. He might he, he's not going to dazzle you and score these amazing goals. But he works and works and works, and he never hides, and he holds the ball up. He, he's there saying, "Give me the ball." And I, I mean, I, you know that we we really miss that. 
and he really yeah. pisses off other defenders. I mean, he really so much so sometimes they pin him to the floor for fifteen seconds behind the ref, and <laughs> yeah. there was a bit of noiseness going on. That was <laughs> Westwood, wasn't it? Nearly halfway line it happened, and Costa actually just didn't react. He just lay there waiting for the guy to. <laughs> no, 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 get no. Off Basically, Westwood got him in the balls, and there was a bit of naughtiness going yeah. on. That was that. Oh really? Oh yeah. From where I was, I was watching it from the back of the shed. It looked like Costa just sort of just waited for it to, because he knows that referees are all over him. He yeah. got. Pulled, I think, when he was in the box, he hadn't even done anything. No, it's like we got a corner when he, the first, yeah, yeah, in the first half, right on the byline at the shed. Uh, I don't know if it was Richardson he was up against. Whoever it was, felt it, that it had already gone off. But the referee came over to speak to Costa Reddy, and Costa hadn't even done anything. Yeah. But he's very like um, I can't remember if it was Paul or Dan that was just saying. I think it was Paul that he just he people off defenders off straight away. It's, or was it you that said that? Or whatever yeah. it was, he psychologically <laughs> they know already before he even starts just having Costa there. He's a handful and puts them off their game. Well, here's the theory for you, Darren. Right? You know, if if people were criticising uh, Costa the other week for losing his shit on the field of play, getting involved with stuff that he shouldn't do. You know, and saying, oh, you know, he should concentrate on his game. Isn't the corollary of that also true? That when you've got teams like Villa, who clearly had a plan to try and unsettle Costa, they, they, were, more, they were more focused on unsettling Costa than they were on their game. Yeah, and so were Arsenal. So were almost yeah. every team that we played. Because so what's the problem with it? I have no problem with that. Well, the problem with it is how it's perceived, isn't it? I don't give a shit. Well, no, yeah. well, no, no, but you missed the point, really. It's how it's perceived by refs and the media. It's well, obviously yeah. gets that's, up, also, so that's also part three, which is, but it is an interesting point. And I think just to link it back into to the point I was going to make with this, which is, again, Jose made this point that, um, you know, he was getting some shithouse treatment on, on Saturday by the Villa players, no doubt about it. But nobody highlights that. I mean, the ref was shocking, absolutely <sighs> pony for, for, for both sides, to be fair. But he was rubbish. Um, but, you know, nobody ever highlights that on Match of the Day, the number of times people are digging out Costa on the field. Nobody ever goes near that. The minute he does one thing wrong, it gets blown up out of all Oh, portion. yeah, big time. That the Mickey Richards chest bump. If Costa had done that, it would have been up on yeah, the charge. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I think uh, Richards did him again when he scored. You know, he came straight through the back of him. Did you mm. notice that? There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. I missed that. When, no. he, when, he, when he scored the goal... Right, uh, Richards came in through the side of him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he did what he scored, you know. So I, I just think you know it's a classic, another classic case of one rule for us uh, or Costa and one rule for everybody else. Yeah. But I do stand by what I say, and I think the fact is that if they're more focused on trying to wind him up, and that they're not focused on their game. Well, no, that's I mean that's what happened, that's what happened with Arsenal, isn't it? Absolutely. Gabriel absolutely obsessed with it, and he's the one that gets wound up by it himself so. and I don't have any problem with that Pablo at all because for me you know it, it's a professional game you know it, it, you do whatever you have to do to win within the bounds of the laws and okay you push those boundaries all the time that's what professional sport is about it's not you know we're not playing tennis in the yeah. in Queen's yeah. Club London for Christ's sake get a grip anyway okay I think we've done that one alright uh, bum 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 running down the list yes 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 we've done very well we've done a whole part on time it must be your great influence having me back Darren uh, if you've got 15 seconds we had a yes. shed said shed sit with us for a game prove you're not all talk uh, anytime you like mate Get I told you get me and Darren there as hired consultants we'll only charge you a very small amount and uh, me and Darren will show you how to do it won't we Darren they give a few beers as well. Yeah, get, yeah, you need to get very drunk before. I mean, that goes without saying. But I, in, in all seriousness, Richard, me, I think you need to get me and Darren there. I think that would be funnier, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you you come quite often come and stand with. I me. like standing yeah. where you are. Yeah, yeah you exactly. get a good, you get a better atmosphere than us. Because again, you're at the back, you can stand up there as well. It's yeah. more fun where we yeah. are. You got to sit down. I had two very nice uh, young ladies sat next to me at the game actually to, uh, on Saturday. It distracted me somewhat. 
Were you talking to them then? I, I, no, I, I talked to them at half-time. I was very gentlemanly. I talked to them at half-time and then, then carried on with the football because I decided that was obviously the priority. But they were very nice. And they were really enjoying it. They were, they were, I mean, they weren't like belting out songs, but they were well up for it and they only took about three selfies. So I thought that was all well right. Well up for it, were they? For the football, okay. Dan. I mean, the fact that I was probably old enough to be their grandfather, let alone their father, kind of had something to do with it. Anyway, I think we should move on. Uh, after the break, uh, we will be discussing the continuing good form of William and Aspie, uh, the need for Ramirez, Ruben Loftus-Cheek's game of two halves, and pondering the next Chelsea battle. This time, Jose versus Eden, Eden Hazard. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. All right, welcome back. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, and if you are, of course, listening to. The Chelsea Football Fancast, and uh, with me tonight I've got the wonderful Darren Mantle, who hasn't been on the show since, uh, as we remembered in the first part, he's not been on the show since the last TV incarnation of the Chelsea Fancast, but I assure you the two are not related in any way. Uh, we've also well, got... You'll find that next week, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... Okay, welcome to what could be the last ever <laughs> Chelsea Fancast. Uh, hooray, everybody says. Anyway, we've got Dan Silves with us. Dan. Hello, mate. Good to see you, mate. And of course, we've got the wonderful, the legendary Pablo. Hello. Yes, yeah, a real retro feel tonight. Apart from the fact, do you like it in the flat, Darren? The yeah, podcast. I've been here a few times. Well, Darren, did you know Patney Station's gone? No. Yeah. Ah. What are they doing with it? Nothing. It's just all shut up. Because yeah. it's all flats that are being generate, regenerated opposite it. But you've got to have a certain amount of restaurants and bars and pubs and whatnot. So. Yeah, I didn't. I know I didn't know that, but everywhere was going. The little Imperial's gone on West Brompton on the old Brompton Road. Unfortunately, it went a few weeks ago. Yeah, but that's a good shout about Putney Station. I forgot to, to, about that. But Ross texted me the other day. Mm. Yes, for those of you who who know or don't know, um, we started this show in a bar called Putney Station, which was very near East Putney Tube Station, wasn't yep. it? And apparently, it is no longer. Well, it's been it's shut basically, which is a great shame because we had, we had some nights in there, didn't we? It was it was actually it was yeah it was a decent pub. It's a shame. It was a decent show then too. Some would say, but you know, it was it was certainly a very drunk show. It's the the ripple effect. We've all suffered since leaving there, haven't oh, we? We have. We have. But I don't know. I think the they've thing. suffered. Oh, they've suffered. And we have as well. <laughs> yeah. A bit. yeah. Why have we suffered then? Well, it was less distracting in a way because although we didn't have these all this sort of stuff for a start, we could just sit there. Drinking and talking, trying to make eye contact in annoying change. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> you haven't you haven't changed there yeah. at all. But I mean, actually, that's actually a very good point, Darren. The reason that we we left uh, Putney Station was really because of Mixler, because we couldn't get a decent Wi-Fi signal. Oh yeah, it's true. Because it's actually their downfall was their suggestion. It was that Pav, wasn't it, that suggested to you doing all this sort of stuff? Was it not? No, I don't know. Well, I found no. I found this out from that bloke Pete who was at the Sports Tonight Live. Because uh, Pav kept talking to you about different things. Yeah. He was a sound engineer. Yeah. It was a part-time job, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. He was giving you oh, suggestions. Pav was brilliant. Yeah, 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 they yeah, were all great. Was. They were lovely. I mean, they were. I mean, you know, there were there were two incarnations of it really. The first one with Emma and all the very very nice uh, barmaids, if you remember them. And then there was the second incarnation with Andy, who who ran it. He was a nice bloke, it has to be said. Yeah, uh, but he didn't have quite the same caliber of 
uh, Eastern European barmaids, if, if I'm being really honest. Anyway, we should probably move on. There's an Italian on. one in there as well. Gabriella, I've never forgotten her. <laughs> wow. Far from her name was Grace, other than wow. that. Well, <laughs> good point. She had two very good points, actually. Anyway, we should move on. Goodness me. Uh, right, okay. Um, I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about William Aspie and... Uh, and Ramirez, I think, I mean, the, the way I see it, I think William, certainly, and Aspie, arguably, are probably the only two players in the side, Pablo, whose form has been where it should be. In fact, e- even more so that this season. I mean, you know, William's actually added a lot of goals to his game this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, William, as I said earlier, has been far and away, in my opinion, Chelsea's best player this yeah, season. I think right. Aspie's kind of maintained his level of solid performances without being outstanding. Um, whereas Didn't he look good as a right-back? Yeah, he did. But yeah. then he makes you think, good, doesn't he it? He looks good as a left back as well. And that, oh, it's, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? I mean, it's the first time I can assume that he's played there in eighteen months, two years. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously to seamlessly get back into it, even if it was his natural position, mm. is pretty good going, really. Yeah, I thought, he, I yeah. thought he played well. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, hundred percent. I think William, as people, are the only untouchables in the team at the moment. To use a Jose, <laughs> I don't think anybody's untouchable. I think at the he moment. struggled to drop those two. On yeah. form, I think yeah. they've been outstanding. Williams just put goals into his game, which has been lacking. It's uh, really, it's really funny. Sorry, Dan, go on. Yeah, I just say Williams put goals into his game, and Aspie just he's an eight out of ten pretty much every every game. Never lets you down. Knows the game. Follows the Jose mantra. But the thing is, sorry, I was going to say, oh, no, go on. When Williams assists for Costa's goal, you know that's also been missing getting through like that. And a few years ago, though, we used to feed Ramirez through just to run onto everything, but. Ramirez doesn't seem to do that anymore. He used to be great at like just splitting through defenses and just latching onto balls, basically. But uh... yeah, I mean, R- Ramirez is a is, is uh, for me is is just an enigma. I, I I don't know about you, but I still don't know what his best position is. Mm. And, well, his, and his best position is in a three man midfield. Is the one who's mm, most on mobile right, of breaking. three. But when yeah. we don't play a, a three man, that's a four three three. Then he hasn't. Re- he's not really got the technical ability to play in the two consistently and in the big games. And he's not really got the kind of like the werewolf to play as a forward well I agree and I mean this is the other thing I don't understand about Ramirez and why I find him a bit of an enigma that you know for two seasons in a row he got goal of the season with two absolutely (laughs) superb goals and the one when he didn't win the goal of the season he put that chip in oh no that was that wasn't the chip against uh, Barcelona yeah there was one against City where he did like the four step so you see a player who has got who's got that much skill and natural ability and then you see him playing around and he looks like he's going to trip over his feet all the time that said he did do a little bit of skill in the centre circle the other day he did didn't he on their ass, which is pretty good I tell you what in spite of all of that in spite of the fact that I I don't know what his best position is in spite of the fact that he's like Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde I've got to be honest with you Right now, in that Chelsea side, he would be one of the first on the sheet because I tell you what I do love about Ramirez is that he's the only one that you can guarantee he's going to put up a fight, he's going to fight for the ball, he's going to let a few of the opposition know he's there. Now, okay, I know the corollary of that is he's a yellow card waiting to happen, but... You know, right now, I, I don't see a lot of fighters in that side. I would give it. I would have him starting every match at the moment. He's dynamic as well. I agree. It's the same. Energy, it's, the same yeah. it's the same with Loftus Cheek on the ball. As I'm sure we're going to get into in oh, a bit. Yes. Um, but it's something that neither Matic nor Fabregas really have in their play. They don't have a kind of like forward drive. They're much more intricate and kind of like or, precise. Pace or energy. So if you're going to play it three, you play those two with Ramirez as your your breaking midfielder. Well, that, then we're getting to the realms of should yeah. we be playing four three three? I mean, I'm, I'm really without. I don't really want to get into this massively, but I, to be really honest, I've got a I've got a theory that at this level of football, I don't think the formation is as important as people would like 
to believe that it is. In other words, whilst I think we nearly always set up as four two three one, I think that actually all good modern football teams these days adapt into maybe three, at least three formations during a game. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was when we grew up. I mean, of course, yeah. We're, I mean, I know you're a little bit younger than us, but even so, when we were all kids, four four two, it was always four four, four fucking two. two. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it exactly. always was, wasn't I mean, it? I thought defend- it was the old WM formation with you. Oh, very- no. Actually, <laughs> do you know what? You may laugh. You may laugh, but when I started playing football, do you know what the formation was? Okay, goalkeeper, a left back, (laughs) a left back, a right back, and then they had outside half. Yeah, they had three, three, you know, two wings. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then five, five up. You had two wingers, an inside forward. Two inside forwards and a centre forward. Yeah. That is five up front. That's my it's, kind it's of That's how we won the league in 55. That's what everyone yeah. used to play. Yeah, we used to have that's that. the WM, is it? Yeah. Weapons of mass It looks like a W and then an M. Does it? Yeah. I've always wondered that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we used to play. Because I used to play I used to play inside right. That's where I, my, my position was, you know. I think, yeah. was that where John Harris played for us then? Back then? Is it? I believe so. Really? So I am Roy Bentley. John Harris was the captain before Roy Bennett took it yeah, off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but all right, then I saw Canners on Saturday before the game. He was on good form. I mean, Alison, it's not it's not that I'm that old. It's just that where I grew up in the middle of Hampshire, they you know they were a bit behind. You know, like about twenty because this this was in the seventies for God's sake. So they were twenty years behind. <laughs> I, I, I remember it now. It was a wonderful chap called Mister Ginsburg. He was the the kind of the football coach. Did he inspire teacher. you with them? Um, was he like beat generation quotes? No, but he was no because uh, he wasn't called Alan. Uh, but um, <laughs> was, he like, was he like Kess and Brian Glover? He was a bit more like Brian Glover, but he was from the valleys in Wales, and he was as old as the hills. And he was the first person that I ever heard use the term of milksop as a word of abuse. You're all a bunch of milksops, he would say. And he played the uh, two-three-five formation. What is there. a milksop? I've still to this day not figured that out. It must be something Welsh, I would guess. If you've got any Welsh listeners in the house tonight, please, please, please let us know. Um, Anyway, uh, moving back to the football, much as it pains me to do so, um, we're going to talk about Baba. One Baba, two Baba, three Baba Raman. Um, You know, a lot of of people getting their knickers in a twist about getting him to start Pablo, but um, you kind of can understand why Jose said he doesn't think he's really ready he grew into the game, but then Villa offered absolutely nothing in the second mm-hmm. half. I thought he got bullied in the first half pretty pretty heavily, and he didn't really look ready. As he was a- Alison, <laughs> I'm always very careful about the Welsh. Huh. Uh, and, yeah, sorry, Pablo. Yeah, I, I think, as you say, he just didn't really quite look ready for the pace and the, yeah. and the power, really. And he panicked a couple of times when he got the ball, I think. John yeah. Terry passed him. He kind of really panicked and he goes straight into the yeah. danger area. Well, I, although having said that, you know that article I was talking mm. uh, about that Marco's written. I mean, you know his his point about that was it's not really much of a surprise that he was shitting a brick every time he got the ball <laughs> when when uh, when Mourinho Bob's based, coming to it when Mourinho oh a person who, right we've got right Bob Usery says a person who is indecisive and lacks courage equals a milksop. There we go. Awesome. We've got to start using that. Anyway, where were we before we were very... Uh, I'm, I'm delighted that we, we, we discovered that. Anyway, um, yes, Marco was saying that when, you know, Jose comes out so publicly saying he's not ready and he's basically crap. It's yeah. hardly surprising he... He looks a bit worried when he's playing. No, he, but he, he, w- he made some comparable quotes to Carvalho, didn't he? I don't know if you saw Did that. Yeah, I saw that. Between mm. Babarakman and Carvalho, when Carvalho first turned up, and he's like, for the first three three to five months, Carvalho was really in trouble and didn't seem like he was going to be able to I don't to remember do. that. 
No, I'm not sure if it's true. No, or not. he certainly said it. I mean, we know that we know that Ricky Carvalho is scared of cheese, but other than that, well, I no, thought he was brilliant. Well, no, because he had the the whole um, IQ testing at the start of his second season, didn't he? As well, and he's kind of like, oh, if Carvalho doesn't know why he's not playing, he should maybe take IQ tests. Like, yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, was that his second season? Yeah, that was the start of the second yeah. season, I think. Because I think he was dropped for Gallas, wasn't it? Anyway, enough, enough, enough. I mean, the other person talking about lightweight and and perhaps not really being physically up for the fight in the Premier League. I thought, you know, Pedro. Just, you know, I'm not so I'm not sure about him. I mean, basically, we got another. And when I say Duff Wide Man, I don't mean like Damien Duff. I mean as in Pony. Have we got another another damp squib and as a wide man, Darren? No, he's showed in his first few games what he can do. He's not fully settled into the team and whatnot. But I don't see who really is. I think it's hard to say when the team isn't playing well when you've got someone new what they're all about. I think once the team plays well, let's see how he plays with them. Yeah. I mean, like he he was sensational against West Brom in his debut mm, exactly if he comes into a winning team it totally changes your mentality mm. as a player you yeah. breed confidence and we're not a winning team at the moment I mean I, I ought to nail my colours to the mask as we all know mm. I've got a massive issue against anybody who's played for Barcelona who's under under 5 for 8 so I think maybe that's clouding my judgement somewhat mm. you know because actually all three of you have completely told me that I'm talking bollocks which is fair no, enough. He, he might good. not be any good, but we don't know yet. Whilst we're not playing any good as a team, yeah. yeah I don't, no, I think that's a, I think that's a really I valid point. True, Judge. When we then enter Roma, let me yeah. see how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, Quadrado is absolutely ripping up Serie A again. Uh, yeah, Sal- Salah's signed a permanent sure deal. True. That's what I've read today. Somebody oh. said that he's he's playing. You know, he's ripping up the defenses and he looks a different player. But you see, yeah. I I don't I, I I'm prepared to believe that, Pablo, because I think the bottom line is is that. We get a lot of players, Pedro I don't think is one of them by the way, but we do get a lot of players coming to, to Chelsea who basically find that it is too big for them here. And I think Quadrado, he, he always looked out of his depth. I don't agree. I think Mourinho just didn't bring him on when he should have been bringing him on. I think he did the same thing with Kesman whereby... Pulled him off at half-time all the time. Or, or he wouldn't bring him on when he should bring him on as well. Yeah, the opposite as well when we... I got it. If it's, it was very funny. <laughs> if it's two or three... Um, <laughs> so got it as well. If we're two or three nil up, Last season, we should be bringing on Kadraju straight away. We we're at home, but he wasn't doing it, and he didn't really give him the chance. He doesn't really bother developing people. I don't think. Like, likewise, with for example, De Bruyne, who's. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, like, I don't think he had the right attitude to make it at Chelsea at the time, and I don't think we made the incorrect decision in selling him. But he's kind of shown now just how good he could have been. He's, he starts with a bang. It's, it's maintaining that, but he's also playing in a team that allows him to play the way that he wants to play, to be fair. No yeah, defensive responsibilities. Okay, I mean, I'm trying to be really even-handed yeah. about it because ultimately that's true. Uh, but the other thing is, is that, you know, we, and we're going to get into this in the next part, but if you want to play in a Mourinho team, you've got to understand that you are one of a team and you have to put the hard yards in and you have to defend as much as do all the fancy stuff. But the other thing, I mean, I, we don't know it was true because none of, none of us were privy to the conversation, none of us were there, but what we're led to believe is that he wanted to play every week. And Mourinho said, well, that ain't happening. You know, if you want to play every week, you'd be an untouchable player. You'd be my best player. And he wasn't prepared to fight for his place, at which point I quite agree. Piss off then. Yeah. It was like Lesana Diara. Everyone knew, he, well, Mourinho always thought he was going to be good, but he didn't have the right attitude. Yeah. He went to Portsmouth and he went to Arsenal and he kept moving around team and team and team. Yeah, team. I mean, people, pe- team. People, seem, really? yeah. people seem to forget this, but I mean, this is nothing new. Mourinho's mantra from day one as a manager has been, it's all about the team. It's mm. all about the group. And, and he means it from top to bottom in every possible way. If you're not a team player, if you're an individual, he doesn't want to know. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you can, you can not like that or you can like that, but you ain't going to change that because that's his style of management, you know. 
That's why it'll bomb you out. Like Lukaku got bombed yeah. out because yeah. Lukaku had the same fucking ego. Anyway, yeah. all right. Um, now, uh, Fabregas and Loftus Cheek. I think this merits a bit of discussion. Um, you know, it's very interesting actually. I, I thought, I thought, I was delighted to see Ruben start. I was less delighted to see the fact that well, we talked about formations a minute ago. I couldn't quite figure it out, but it seemed to me that he put him in the number ten role. Yeah, he did. Uh, which annoyed the hell out of me. Not because I don't think he can play there. I think he can. But, of course, it meant that Fabregas was going to be the deep-lying midfielder, which I just think is just retarded. Well, I mean, ultimately, actually, I mean, I think Mourinho made a correct assessment on he did, Loftus-Cheek's yeah. Loftus performance. I mean, like, there's a lot riding on it for him. He had to win that game. And I think going for the solidity of Matic in that situation is fine. And also, I mean, he's 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 right. He doesn't. He doesn't. He well. If he works, if he works hard off the ball, it's just his style that makes it really difficult to see that he's doing it. He's really good on the ball has work to do off it but I mean he's obviously a talent and it's good to see him getting a bit more of a yeah well I think Mourinho's really put his his eggs in the Ruben Loftus-Cheek basket what I'll tell you what is interesting Dan is that Dan Levine also or previously or formerly the artist formerly known as Bruce Chronicle he is no more uh but he wrote an article today about uh you know Loftus-Cheek's position possibly being as as you know the deep lying midfielder because he's got the energy, he's got the physique. And actually, uh, actually, this really am- amuses me, because, of course, the first person he compared him to, Darren, was Michael Ballack. <laughs> and the, no, we didn't get a reaction this time. And the second, the second person, the, the, head, the second person, he's, he's giving me that look, isn't he? Well, he, he can keep doing that, because I've got, some photographs, I got some photographs on my phone from your wedding. You might want to think twice about assaulting me tonight. <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, yeah, he, he, he started off with Ballack, but then he said, actually, you know, the player that maybe he should aim to become is Michael Essien. And I thought, that's actually he, he, not a bad shot. He just doesn't have the stamina for it at the minute. It's really difficult. He's, to he's still growing, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he, but he's always, always had a problem playing 90 minutes, right from the under-18s up, yeah. up, upwards. And But that's a physical... That's, that's, yeah. he's, he's, no, he's I, 19, I do, I do understand, know. but I mean, like, he's not... I mean, like, in terms of his strength and his stature, obviously, he's a, he's a finished specimen. He's brilliant. But in terms mm. of his... Stamina and that kind of thing. I don't think he's ever going to be quite like Essien. But if you could combine the best of Essien and Balak into one player, well, that's again, really absolutely awesome. That's really yeah. where Dan was going, and yeah. I and I thought, you know what, that's actually not a bad point. You know what I like most about him, Darren, and that's the fact that he, you know, when he gets the ball, his first thought is to go forward and to go forward quickly. And 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 I mean, he didn't always come off. I, I know, but. You know, he likes to get that ball forward quickly to people and he injects a bit of pace into the team, which we just really are very bereft of at the moment, I think. And he at least made some movement up there as well, mm, which definitely. sometimes is just so static when you watch people. I mean, when Oscar plays, he seems to just straight away want to hit it out wide to Asby or whoever because he just doesn't see what else is around. It's good to see a bit of movement. And I mean, Costa does it too. Costa comes out of his position he should be because he just wants to get the ball. Maybe he should stay there, but... Yeah, I think if nothing else, Loftus Cheek was putting himself out a lot. Mm, he did. I mean, you know, it's a very, it was a bit disappointing to see him being taken off. But I, I, I'm with Pablo on that. I, I think that you know, you know, Fabregas was getting bypassed in midfield as always in that position. We were one up. It was really important that we won that. And actually, tactically, it was the right thing to do: bring on Matic, get him next to Ramirez, uh, to Ramirez, solidify in midfield, and push Fabregas up front where he can do more damage to the opposition and less damage to us. So. You know, I mean, I just think it's a shame. I mean, the only other thing I'd say is somebody on Twitter, I can't remember who it was now, but somebody on Twitter was saying that they heard from somebody who sits very, very near the dugout that uh, Mourinho was in Ruben Loftus-Cheek's ear all half, very critically. Now, 
I, good. <laughs> That's what managers yeah. do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, so what? Really? Am I, am I missing the point here? Or if, what? You, if you're trying to teach, yeah. if you're trying to teach someone who you don't think is quite ready tactically, but has got everything else, then what do you do? You tell him what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, so, do this, yeah. do that. Get here, get there. But that's the game, man. Yeah. That's the job. I mean, I, some people are so bloody sensitive. Yeah. I didn't think it was up that much. It didn't look like Mourinho was standing up that much. I didn't think. I'd read somewhere that at some point towards the end of the half, he went absolutely mental at him for something. Loved to sleep for something, but I, I mean, I didn't notice it. But. Yeah, I didn't. I also thought Matic was solid when he came on. Yeah, he looked and, a bit better, also, didn't he? John Terry looked a lot more like the old John Terry. He did, you know. And yeah. you know what? I'm very remiss of me. I'm not even putting him in the mm. script tonight. But yeah, I did think he looked a bit, a bit more, more solid. He, he did. He did look a happy John Terry, but he looked a much well, he, more... Yeah, well, OK. I think I know why that is. Yeah. Because Zuma has still got an awful lot to learn. There was a moment where yeah. the ball came across... Uh, in the first half and Zuma watched it instead of going out to yeah. clear it he just like sat there watched the ball go along the ground and Gilted or whatever his name is nearly snuck it in front yeah. of JT yeah, and I was just... thinking what are you doing yeah, but attack no, I, the ball I, I personally thought that might be the midfield runners for that one because he's bisected both centre halves well I don't know Dan I mean that was I'm, I'm right in line with yeah. that you know and, and basically you know there was nobody coming from midfield on, on, on there yeah. was nobody on, coming back either from Chelsea's point but there was, he had no Aston Villa on he was on his own he, he was between Aspie and JT yeah. and, and whoever it was from Villa beat Aspie yeah. and the ball, the ball came across and it wasn't exactly motoring and he, he just stood and watched it he could have gone and, he could have mm. attacked the ball he could have had a or call. had a shout I don't know he may well have done it's Maybe it's similar to that Newcastle goal, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. We don't know because kind of we, we weren't on the pitch. But it did strike me as a bit odd. Um, going back to Fabregas, I mean, we we kind of mentioned it a bit earlier on, really. So actually, do you know what? I won't mention it again because otherwise Gary will feel that I'm coating him off unnecessarily. Do you think we've coached him off and off tonight already? Fabregas? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 Darren, you happy with my coating off? I've coated him I don't off think you're with... that bad. Okay, well, maybe I'll save a bit for later then. I don't know why. I think it's just... I don't think he's as bad as people are saying all the time. Well, he makes I mean, careless mistakes sometimes, but I don't think he's that He's bad. playing in the same position now that he was playing absolutely sensationally in the first five months of last season. So, I mean, like, he can obviously do it. Well, I'm actually talking, well, apart from the fact that, remember, teams will work us out. And I think that's what happened in the second half of the season. Yeah. They worked how we play out. So they just bypass him. And this is the point. And I think it's really interesting that you said that Matic actually had a really good solid second half. I agree. But who was he playing next to? not Fabregas and I mean this is the thing I mean I think you know I think Fabregas brings an awful lot to our game he was the one that was supposed to unlock the door and he did that last year but I think he's much more effective as a number 10 because he can pick that pass and also he you know his defensive duties aren't as important when he's playing up there and Jessica, I mean, Jessica could be a bit myopic about it anyway, possibly. Anyway, right, look, talking about what we really should talk about, talking about creative players who shouldn't do defensive duties or not, mm-hmm. um, there's clearly something going on between Jose and, and Hazard. Uh, he made quite a, an effort to coat him off after the game, of course. Um, you know, he, ha- he was definitely dropped. He, he, he's clearly now very droppable. I mean, is it unfair to single him out, do you think? I th- I don't really think he's normally being singled out, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I haven't really actually read that much in the media recently, but I think, like what Dan Levine said before, when, when we lost to Atletico Madrid, I think it was in Fabregas, uh, Fabregas, sorry, I've got that futage, and <laughs> Hazard, um, I think he had like a moment a virus, defensively, mate. and uh, Mourinho slagged off Hazard about not coming back, and Dan Levine said, Hazard's not going to care, he doesn't mind criticism. And I don't think Hazard's going to be... Um, Unha- he's still going to be unhappy sitting on the bench obviously but I don't think he's going to take it badly and whatnot and I think that 
Mourinho wanted to do it as a terror, he wanted to do it as a hazard and just keep people like that from thinking that they are untouchable. I think he does it deliberately for the people that maybe did feel from last season that their place in the team's assured and it's just as well as saying it's not. If you look at the two home defeats this season, the the Palace winner, when Hazard tracked back halfway, stopped on the edge of the box and they scored... The Southampton third goal, where he passed it across yeah. the pitch, gave it straight yeah. to them, and five seconds later they scored. So he's been almost directly responsible for two very costly goals coming down that side. And I mean, actually, I mean, like it is, it could just be Mourinho making a purely evidence-based decision, really. And well, I, I, wrong I, with that. you know what? Number one, I applaud it. I think if you're not putting it in, if you're underperforming, I don't, I don't care who you are in the team. You know, if you're not worth your place in the side, you don't get picked. I don't care who you are, and actually, fair play for to Jose for finally recognising it. I think there was also some other interesting things going on here. I think I think um I, I think the, the the similarities to the Joe Cole situation are, are very real. I mean jo- Jose used to do this to Joe Cole all the time, but if you remember before he kind of got injured, he ma- he made Joe Cole a better player. He made Joe Cole a better player and and you know if if Hazard chooses to listen to him, he will become a better player. But Will he listen? And here's the interesting thing. Hang on, hang on a second. Because I've heard this from Dan Levine. I've heard this from other people too. Bizarrely, of all the people, I mean, normally Neil Ashton, I, I, I take everything he says with a pinch of salt, but I thought he was quite interesting on Sunday Supplement uh, yesterday. Uh, he was saying that, you know, Hazard in particular, all he really cares about is playing nice football. I mean, he, he's basically football, home, family, that's it. You know, that's all he does. Um, so, you know, he just wants to play football the way that Eden has a place football so that's why I'm saying is he going to listen to Jose is he going to be motivated to change I mean does he care because actually he could sit there for six months going against what Jose says either not play or play his way and at the end of the end of the season he'll be off to Real Madrid I can see it happening I really can can I think he'll want to make a because he's got the, the Euros coming up and that's a big thing for him so I think he's going to want to play between now and the end of the season to make sure he gets in the Euros and he's not going to Real Madrid if he carries well, on if, if, he's not, if he's not playing he won't do will he yeah. but I, I think what, that's a really interesting point by the way Dan mm. because of course Mark Wilmot the Belgian manager has not been too impressed with him recently no. either he's always said well there's been no kind of disquiet from his camp at all him or his agent or his dad his dad's been quite they've always been saying the right thing and secondly he did improve he did improve aspects of his game that he might not have wanted to last year he was, he was good if, I think if, last year so if Hazard doesn't want to change and obviously why do you want him in the team anyway and bang on man. I think that he would I think he does respond to criticism and it's what Dan Levine said before he doesn't mind being criticised and he can take it yeah and I think people respect Jose enough still to know that he will he's not doing it just to be an idiot is he he's got reasons maybe his lack of ambition for Hazard he's just quite happy with what it is well I, you know look you know it's it's a real difficult one I think because as as as, as you know football fan away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boys live. 
It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. And we, we love we love the attractive, yeah. brilliant, flair players, but you know, we talked about this uh, you know, before we went yeah. on air, is the fact that, you know, n- number one, it's a team game. Number two a Jose Mourinho team is all about the team. It's not about flair. It's not about the intervals. It's about mm. winning mm. trophies. Absolutely. You know, um, and I, and and we said, didn't we? I said, I, I said, I don't, I don't. I, I, all these people that go around saying I'm not entertained, I, I fucking hate that. I don't go to football to be entertained. I go to uh, if I want the entertainment I get from football is in the pub before and afterwards mm-hmm. with you lot. Uh, you know, all I want, I just want to win because the joy of of of, of coming back from the, to the pub, the Blackbird, with you look when we've won the FA Cup, mm. the joy I had in Munich, the oh. joy I have in Fulham Road and the pubs when we've won the league title. That's what I go to football yeah, for. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, not to go and watch Arsenal like performances every week where you don't win anything because yeah. it's pointless. Goal of the season means Jack. Go shit. to the bloody cinema. Yeah. And the other thing with Hazard is he's been absolutely top of his game for five seasons. You know, with Lille for two years, three years at Chelsea. Maybe dropping form is just you know a natural progression in his career. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up by asking a very very simple question, okay? So no pressure, Darren. All right. <laughs> Will Hazard be with us next season or not? Yes. Yes. Dan, can I go on the fence? You don't. Know, you can't phone a friend. You have to. <laughs> you have to answer now. Uh, no. He won't be here. I don't think he will be okay. here. Okay. Pablo. Yeah, I guess so. Can I just any reason why that. not? If, jo- if Joe says gone, he'll be here. That's no, that wasn't, no, <laughs> okay, no. You said no. Okay, no. He said yes, you said no, Pablo said yes, I'm going to say no. So oh, we've got everyone on Mixler is saying yes, it seems. Oh, oh Dad's saying no. Yeah. no, as we said that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gary Wilson, you get the casting vote. Okay, I will give a, I, I will give a free T-shirt, Shels Fekas T-shirt, to all of the people that said yes, knowing full well there are only two left and that they're large. That's how confident I am. Now, I mean, look, just to, cl- to qualify yeah. that, I-, I really hope that he stays. I really hope that he stays at Chelsea for five, six, seven, eight years if he develops as a player, if he gets better and better, if he becomes like Messi, Ronaldo, which is what Jose was saying he could do last season. If he, got- he does that, brilliant, love it. If he-, if he, you know, strolls around not bothering to track back, not bothering mm-hmm. to do stuff with his heart not in it, then then what's the point of having him there? Yeah, but at the moment... Take the money. Yeah, but as was evident at the start of the season, like, the opposition do just, you know, they take him out, they, they target do. him. They do, And 
we've clearly got someone that everyone knows is quite special, which is why they do it to him. Yeah. If yeah, we didn't have him, we're going to go through winger after winger after winger who isn't very yeah, good. You know what my theory about that was that he wasn't—he's not getting enough protection. So I, I would use somebody like Ramirez or Mikel to basically go around being his minder. So the minute he gets kicked, they kick them back twice. Or yeah. Okay, they're going to get sent off, but you know, does it matter? Yeah, he can That's, take it. Hazards. I think this is—he needs to be where he is now. Was he twenty-three, twenty-four? He wants to be in the same level as Ronaldo and Messi. He's got to look at what they were doing in that age and step up. Oh, he's, well, he's not, he's not at that level or no. going to be at that level, but that's not to say he's not one of the top four or yeah. five players in the world they're, they're, or he can be. Like, yeah, I think Dan wants uh, Varane and Bale. That's what he told me before. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave you with that bombshell. And uh, in part three, after the break, we're going to be continuing the theme of Jose against the world by looking at his current battles against the players or extending what we've really been talking about, but also the FA and the referees. And we're also going to have a quick chat about the uh, temporary move away, we think, to Wembley and what that might mean for the supporters. We'll see you in a minute. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are, of course, listening to the Chelsea Fancast in the house tonight. We've got Darren Mantle. Hello. We've got Dan Silver. <laughs> All right. And we've got Pablo. Sup. Sup. All right. Okay. Well, we've had a bit of a kind of a, a specific talk about Jose players and goodness knows what else. But I think it seems to me that the Portuguese man of war is in fact the Portuguese man of war because he's got it in for everybody at the moment. And uh, the first uh, lot, I'm, I'm, I, I have a... Well, there is a theory. There are a few going around. As I said, Marco, talking of Marco, Darren, um, we, uh, we had a bit of... Uh, he, he did it. I'm sorry, I got distracted there because Darren, Darren's left the table. I'm distracted. Tony Glover, what, what do you, was I talking about? Hazard Jesus Christ, it's a bit early to write him off. What? He's talking about the Dazzer in here. Oh. Not you. Oh, that's all right. Darren, <laughs> Tony, you you're almost. You're not the only Dazzer, you know. Yeah, 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 you're not the only Dazzer. <laughs> you're not unique, you know. Tony was almost going to have a, a kind of a virtual butt in the head then. Oh. Darren was getting really kind of... He's, he's written your name down as well. Yeah, you know, he is. He's written your name down. Tony, you're in the book, mate, he's, I tell I you. We're chucking out his blacklisted. No, this is Tony Glover from the Podding Shed. He's going to be I on the show Tony in a Glover few is. weeks. I'll try and get you back on the show with him. He's a legend. Will you make yourself available for that? Give me six months' notice and yes. Well, I'll give you about six weeks. I'll try and make it every month now. I'll try and make it once a month. You, you just have... Well, I'm going to be... you'll have I'm, me. I'm, well, always, you know. But I do, I do a schedule now. You know this. Yes, I know. It's just that I didn't include you in it because you're not available. But I did phone you up. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> right, OK. Josie and the players. Marco did write a very good article for ESPN today. But actually, what I found was quite interesting was the fact that... Um, you know, I think I, I sense a lot of disquiet from the supporters. Even those that I'm surprised to get that disquiet from about the fact that Jose seems to be at war with everybody, that he's a bit poisonous, toxic, all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, so? He's the manager, and that's the way he manages. I mean, the point that I'm really saying is, uh, and I will get to it eventually, probably by the end of the show, I, I thought that that rant he did uh, after Southampton for seven minutes, where he basically came out and he said, Chelsea always fire their managers because they always back the players. Player power, back me, don't back the players because it's about time you stuck with one manager and got away from this nonsense. I, for one, thought wonderful, spot on, bang on, in spite of the fact that actually every time we have got rid of a manager because the players had the power, we were delighted because we hate the manager. But the bottom line is, 
you know, it, it's a, it is a syndrome that will repeat. The players don't like the manager, they stop playing for him, the manager goes, and you're back to where you were. And I just think it has to stop, Darren. But, OK, it is, for every good manager we have, we then get a bad one or two bad ones, and that's the same as with um, Parliament, why you're always going to change from one party to another party. The Conservatives are in power, they're in power again. People don't like what happens, then they choose Labour. They always want someone different. So you're never going to... It's always... People well, like, always want like some sort of time. change... It's the only time, because Miliband was crap, but normally you do find it's going to flip-flop around. You're not saying they're going to win it next time again. Anyway, the point is... Was Rooney Miliband was quite... the Labour Party's AVB? That's uh, glory. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's quite, I don't know. Rendered him oh, I don't know enough about politics. I wish I never brought it in the first <laughs> place. I was going to bring up an ad from Grant, but I can't think he would have been like that. Anyway, the point is that I think Mourinho clearly didn't know whether or not he had any sort of backing from Abramovich or the rest of the board the way that he came out and had to, well, felt he should defend himself on um, on TV. He It would have actually been better if Mourinho hadn't had to, um, I don't know, justify his position to the whole world when really he was just targeting Abramovich the, with it. The extra kind of caveat in this situation, I guess, is, as well, is that for two years, really, I mean, actually, for there's been stuff going on outside but the team and Mourinho have been very settled and they've obviously got on pretty well other than the ones that he's sold out of the club but the, the core that are still there now he's always they've always had a good relationship and it changes at the point that he obviously starts doing something differently in a position where he's not used to being in mm. but really. he hasn't got a drug bird check and Lampard no no I accept I accept that well I mean we, we talked about this yeah. earlier didn't we Dan yeah he bought a drug bird back last season what happened Won mm. the league, mm. you know that. The, but there is none of that Mourinho no. core. I mean, and we, we, as I said, we were talking about it before the show. But what we said was that, you know, it, you, the, the the way that. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> Sorry, we have to re- we have to read this out. I saw Alan May's score on Mixler has said Miliband was Labour's Graham Wilkins, the less talented brother. <laughs> Boom! Brilliant, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Now the point that Dan and I were talking about earlier on was that. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? We're talking about the, the, the spy on the team and how they've all gone. The first Mourinho yeah. team would have a lot of heroes, a lot of legends. Where this current Leaders. crop of players, there's no real legends to speak of, and I can't see any of them becoming legends. Well, the other thing, the other thing is, of course, is that you know the the way that he, what he instilled in that team first time round, lasted outlasted him by five years. Yeah. So it clearly had an effect, and I think that the, it's very different now. They don't exist, and I, I think. You know, I think that we are on a turning point in so many ways at this club. Not only will will we back a manager as against player power, will we, you know, continue playing, trying to play Barcelona light or just go back to actually what worked yeah. under Mourinho or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I, this is what I said to you. Yeah. I wonder what the other boys think of this. Um, I mean, I'm no, I'm no fanboy. We know that. But at the end of the day, there's only one Jose Mourinho. There's plenty of players. Yeah, and I agree with that. His record, I don't like it. Ship him out. Get it, some others in. His record clearly speaks for itself, and Abramovich isn't happy when Ancelotti's playing beautiful football. We're not always getting results, and yeah. he likes to win. He's like us. Yeah, exactly. He likes, he likes to get drunk in Munich after winning yeah. the Champions League. I was, you know, he was with us, wasn't he, Darren? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you think with that though that he worryingly he was with Lawrence Bonavia on yeah, Saturday? I to see I that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw him leaving the ground. He didn't look very happy. It has to be said. He never smiles. <laughs> you know what Lawrence would be like. <laughs> Kind of a beer, mate. He, wonderful folks. He did he take got, a long. He got, he got told not to touch him. <laughs> by his minder. It's not, right. not the first time he's been told that. Though. <laughs> Was this after the match or when? Yeah. So I saw him going down the Britannia roads 
um, chased by a load of people. I didn't see Lawrence as part of the um, group of people running after him. But Roman, I love you. He, the fact he chose you not to, legend. you fucking legend, Roman. <laughs> the fact he chose not to park in his own premises was quite strange. You think he'd just use the underground car park like the players? He use. works in mysterious ways, Darren. So yeah, anyway, well, you, 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 were about his... to, you were about to come out with some something of sublime sense then? No, I just you. yeah, saying though that he he never knew what he wanted before when he had Mourinho. He, as I've always said, the only thing Jose did wrong the first time round was he made it look too easy. Abramovich thought that anyone could do the job and they couldn't. And then he went through a lot of bad managers. He had people like Ancelotti who were exciting, could attack and win. Hiddink wasn't the most exciting manager, but he got results. And Abramovich obviously liked him. And I don't think anything's going to change. The only thing is Mourinho might have to be a little bit less stubborn. If he has lost some trust within the players, he's got to address it. He can't just ignore it. The thing is, though, I mean, you know, we, this is all supposition by us and actually every other bloody, you know, media outlet known to man, none of us know what's going on in the dressing room. We're not in there. We don't know whether the players love him, hate him, play for him, don't play. We don't know yeah, that. I agree. You know, we none of us absolutely know. And the other thing is, and if you go back and you look at some of the great managers in time, they are always going to have players that are going to coat them off behind their back not like oh. them because they're not playing or they've got a bollocking. It's yeah. human nature. You, you work it. You work in a big organisation. When when is everybody always happy at yeah. the same time in a big organisation? Never. I mean, loads of people hate me. Exactly. I thrived on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've, only got, you've only got to look at Fergie and Beckham. They had a massive yeah. falling out. Exactly. I think this, changing the culture of the club completely is what we need to do. As we mm. said, we need to give them give Mourinho a chance to build a legacy along with the stadium and give him a chance to be here for. You know, five, ten years. What happens if he can't do it? What happens if our results yeah. this season continue well, and we end up 13th in the league after 25 games? It won't happen with Mourinho. Well, well, well I'll, tell what, Pablo, I'll tell you what, Pablo. I tell you what. I tell you what. I just wonder. I, I wonder if Roman might learn, if, if, if he hasn't learned already, to sometimes look at the bigger picture. And, and I've just got a feeling that you know, we all know it. Every bloody club in the world knows it. That Mourinho is, if not the best, one of the best managers in the world. Period. Um, if you accept that proposition, then go for the big picture. Go for the long game. Say, okay, you know what? We've kind of got away with it for years and years and years, but we kind of really need to start again. But we've decided that we want him to be the manager. And yes, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's going to be fallouts, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. But do you know what I would As I said a minute ago, if the players don't like it, get rid of the players. And here's why I say that. We know one thing other than all the rest of it, we know that Roman is desperate to get some of the, the youth into that team. He's invested a lot of money and emotion into the academy. You know, wouldn't it be great if he actually turned around, if we are playing like shit, if we're not going to win anything this year, he says, all right, okay, what's the problem? And Jose says, it's that player, that player, that player, that player, that player. Give me 200 million. And Roman says, no. I said, how about this? How about you start bringing him, 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 him from the youth side? And Jose says, well, you ain't going to win anything for a year or two. Roman says, fine, no problem. I'm going to give you that latitude if you bring those youth players in and if you give me a team for the next 10 years in the process. I, that would be an interesting conundrum for me. I don't disagree, but Jose isn't that sort of manager. Like, Wenger can develop yes. players. I don't, but I'd, Jose doesn't have the patience to do it, I don't think. Well, we don't know that, because well, we, we know that he's not done it before, but that's all we know. Okay, I, I don't know. I mean, I think for a start, last time round, I think that was one of the problems. There was always rumours that there was Kenyon was heavily on Mourinho's side and Abramovich trusted Arneson and his philosophy about a youth team player well, coming in every okay. season. Okay, here's a very interesting argument for you because at the moment we've got Marina, lovely Marina, Marina Grenoskaya yeah. in Jose's camp. 
Where and where does Emanalo sit, and how much power does he have in this? Though? Exactly, no, and that's what no one knows. Who signed these players? There's a there's a big difference now than there was when Arneson was in, and we've actually probably got the most talented kind of eighteen to twenty one year olds of any club in the world yes, at the minute. Absolutely, yeah. no, at the start of Arneson's time, that just wasn't the case at all. We had a bunch of kind of Michael, average people Michael who Woods, didn't Tom really Tyrell. have facilities to develop them in the same way. Now it's the best youth academy in the world. Something mm. has to change in that respect. They ha- As you know, and I say it all the time, and you're also bored of hearing it, I gave up with the youth team and everything else because people like Carlton Cole and Anthony Grant. Carlton Cole didn't get enough of a chance when I thought he should have done all these totally rubbish. Anthony Grant, Stephen Watt, people like that. When they used to play, I used to think it was exciting, and now I just think, what's the point? It's so dispiriting watching other people that are great and nothing happens with them. Yeah, Jack Cork including Josh McEwen. Yeah, okay, you're, well, you're right, uh, but they're better. <laughs> yeah, but Anthony Grant had a, was a low-level player, and that was it, as proved by his career. Carlton Cole was probably a half-decent Premier League striker, and we were batting at a much higher level. Than yeah, that. but just the amount of people that should be good and aren't going to go ahead and do anything, that's the thing that's... It's not about game time. Anyway... Going back to Mixler, uh, Afro Jockney's just put the best post up this evening, Wenger grooms players. Of course we know (laughs) this. Um, Right, I I think enough of that. But I think it's an interesting debate. It'll be very interesting to see what happens, I think. Um, You know, my my colours are nailed to the Mourinho mast. You know, players can come and players can go, but he is the best manager in the game. We keep him for 10 years, we will have a Mm. massive dynasty. My colours are nailed to the badge. There you go. All right. Now, talking of uh, Jose versus the world, uh, the next target, I think, should be the FA, Darren. What do you think? Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. What is it, Jose? Oh, sorry, Jose. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I on. mean, you know, in his own words, the £50,000 fine and suspended... Uh, suspend, why have I got suspended? I can't even spell suspended in the script, but basically he's been suspended for... Uh, a suspended ban for 12 months, isn't it? He, he calls it disgraceful. I totally agree. I thought Tony Poulis was fantastic in his press conference this week, questioning where the £50,000 goes and, you know, where does this lead to? You know, if you say the wrong... I mean, where does it all end? You know, and I think that's a really good point. Yeah, it's true. Can you confirm your sort code, Mr Blatter? Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, is that there's massive double standards here because, uh, you know, I think that the club's point is, is that it's one rule for Jose and one rule for Arsene Wenger and everybody else. And the point about Wenger tricky. pushing him was yeah, very true. About it, and nothing happens about that. And the point about Wenger calling the referee weak and naive. Now, that's that's arguably no worse than Mourinho said. I, if we had consistency with the FA, no one would have any problem with Jesse getting fined and banned. We don't have the consistency. That's the biggest problem. Well, it's just. I mean, for me, the FA. I, you know, they are a completely and utterly discredited organisation. They've got that absolute burke of the highest degree, Greg Dyke. Uh, in charge yeah. of it, they've got that absolute loon Heather of bats. I wasn't sure that's a type there as well on the script. What did I put? What? Dyke rabbits. Dyke rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah. She is a dildo, isn't she? Um, anyway, you know they got people like them, you know, involved. I mean, the yeah. kind of crap she was coming out with about the whole um, Canaro stuff. Half of it she shouldn't have been allowed to say in the first place. Well, no, and if fact, she didn't like it, he, she should have resigned. That even Eva came out and said, didn't yeah, she? Like, exactly. This must be the only investigation where they haven't spoken to anyone involved. Like, well, the other thing, the other thing yeah. about them, the other thing about them is that you know, the, I know it's not Chelsea, but I think even more proof that they're actually not fit for purpose is that they're they're still publicly supporting uh, Platini, although they said they're not anymore. Although they're hoping that he gets his name. Cl- I mean, this is the FA. I tell you what, you know, right? Mark, mark this day, Darren. Remember where you heard this f- first. Right now, as we all know, FIFA is in in the shit. We also know that UEFA is in the shit because of what's going on with Platini. Who's just been fingered for bribing their way to winning the World Cup? Beckenbauer in Germany. Who's going to be next? 
the FA for trying to bribe their way into winning it whenever the one we were trying to win was. 20, was Russia, 2018. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we bribed our way to that. We were putting money into Jack Warner's pocket and we will be next. It's all coming Is out. Is that a fact that you need to add allegedly? No, I don't have to say that at all. Sue me, you bastard. I, I imagine <laughs> in the next 10 years, there's going to be a massive shake-up of organisation, football organisations. I think they'll all be rebanded. But I think the FA, I mean, apart from the fact that they're absolutely incompetent to a degree that I quite defies like the belief. I of, of some major breakaway from FIFA and the Qatar World Cup still going ahead, but only having, like, Taiwan versus Oman or something Ulan like that. But you know the bloke who lifted the lid on, you know the bloke who lifted the lid on Blatter, Andrew Jennings or something like mm. that? I can't remember his name. He came, he was coming out, in the, he was interviewed the other day, and he reckons that, uh, that won't Qatar happen. won't happen. Yeah, and he that. says it's because, basically, the clubs are going to say no. I think it's too hard. Now they're building all the stadiums and whatnot. I think FIFA financially must have had some sort of commitment to everything. I just think that they've... I would agree with you, apart from one point, is that you could cancel that Qatari World Cup like that and you could stick it in the States who are ready to go and would do it. I don't disagree. You could put it anywhere else in the world. I'm just saying that since they've committed to God knows how many millions of this and how many millions of deaths as well, that I think it is going to go ahead there. Um, on Platini quickly did you see when I questioned him last week about yeah. some money and he couldn't wait to get in his car and he hasn't tried to answer the question he looked very guilty the way you'd be fuming if you got accused of something you hadn't done and he can wait to get his car he didn't even say after as well I just here's a carefully worded statement well, I didn't his, want to talk in case I got misquoted his his defence was allegedly pretty much destroyed well I don't need to say allegedly on this like in that saying, oh, it was for payment when I worked for UEFA, but it's under Swiss law, and Swiss law means he can only do that for like five years down the line. Mm-hmm. It was already past that, so his own defence for it basically said it was illegal. Yeah, like, yeah. Just... <laughs> but I mean, you know, yeah, Blatter, we could do a four-hour show on, which would mostly be swearing. But I mean, Platini for me is Bla- is Blatter light. I mean, you know, he's as he's as inculcated well, with they've, it as they've, they've anybody more, else. They've had more of an impact on Chelsea than FIFA yeah. have. Absolutely hates oh. Chelsea. We know UEFA hate Chelsea, but Platini's driven that. Um, I hope they all rot in a nasty and jail. Move, moving on to the referees, this is again is the FA's fault because simply, I mean, like the referees just are not as a as a body in the UK or probably anywhere, but certainly in the UK, they're just not fit for purpose. And that's because the game's moved on, players are a lot quicker, and they're probably still running the same training courses they were rolling out in the seventies. And half these haven't played the game, which is my massive thing. A lot of these ex pros who come out, the lower league players, they should have this fast track to become referees. They know the game. They understand what a good tackle is, what a bad tackle is. And when naughtiness is going yeah. on and when, when it is if, if, exactly. you, if you're playing for Colchester thirty four you know, you've got oh, a potential... You know, like, like pulling the under... under yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but career, you come... You know, they have a pick. You played football, you see, yeah. you laughed, you knew. That's Nipple tweet. Yeah. <laughs> 34, fast track them into the Premier League or first division, second division as referees. They know the game. They're going to be fit because they've just finished playing professionally and they're going to be able to keep up with everything. Mm. That'd be a great way for... Dan, I think that's actually spot on. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I would... I mean, you know, uh, Pablo brilliantly uh, segued into it, but... You know, my opening bit that I was going to do on the referees is that I absolutely firmly believe, I don't think they're biased, I just think they're horribly incompetent. I think there's one biased referee in the league. Uh, Clattenburg? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the one. Well, that's OBB fault. Yeah, but you know, they, well actually moving this you know, he, on. He, yeah. No, this is, this is fact, he's the one referee in the league that isn't allowed to referee a certain team's game because of his support for them. Okay. Which one's that? Newcastle, yeah. Clattenburg. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame really, they, they deserve a bit of Clattenburg. Yeah. I mean, what I like is, you look at the rugby 
stuff like that. They, they, they respect the referee. They're well, mic'd up. Not when Scotland are playing Australia. Australia. Yeah, yeah. But even, even like in the American football refs, they, they'll put a mic on and go, you know, personal foul number six, so crowd know what's going on. Yeah. There's complete respect for the officials, which doesn't, doesn't happen. I know, but I refuse to draw any parallels with the sport that grab each other's balls and bite each other's eyes out. Like, and no, it's no, such no, a no, slow but, sport as and, well. And who shit in CFC away's garden. Let it not be for you. <laughs> okay, Did they? Well, no, but I'm saying, allegedly. I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm saying not as referees, as how they're mic'd up and how they were respected, irrespective of the sport. How but referees mic'd the up. Referees the football referees are celebrities. They give it back as much. That's the problem. Apart you can't, you t- can't mic them up, not because of the players, but because of I them. Do like, I don't and, know. and also the language. And because simply they can't make, they, they don't make competent decisions. I mean, like as Darren was saying, rugby's a lot slower and it's a lot easier to get a decision right, especially with yeah. the... TV it's so boring when the try happens you can't even celebrate it because you've got to wait to see if it's actually going to be given no, or not, I'm not and by that time you lost enthusiasm to sporadically even cheer no, about things about the, rules. the talk- whole thing's slow though the whole Darren, thing I'm is- not talking about the rules I'm talking about the fact they're mic'd oh, up the fact that they're respected with their the, body the, the cam rules, as well and the rules right? remain the same forget about the what, what the point I, what, is, what, it's easier to respect someone who's got ten years to make a decision than it is to respect. Yeah, them. exactly. Well, I don't, I look, I think it's a cultural thing, and, yeah. that, and that's the end of it. I mean, what I would say though, and I mean, let's bring this back into Chelsea and, and Mourinho and what's going on. I mean, do you think that? I mean, personally, I, I happen to believe this. I think this is true. But do you think that the amount of media hyperbole and hysteria that goes around Chelsea decisions, behaviour, refs, the whole lot of it? They must be affected by that subconsciously. They must be affected by that. You know, Jose's point about them being weak, naive, or being too scared to make decisions against Chelsea. I think there's an element of truth in that, Darren. I don't know. I think every team probably thinks it about their team. It's hard. To, I'm not disagreeing. It's just hard to say because we see Chelsea more than we see anyone else. So it's it's hard to really. That's very true. Say. But on the flip side, we're all exposed to the media of our Twitter via various different mm. sources. So if there was. I mean, if you look at the the uh, Aguero, Fal Luiz, uh, Barnes on Matic, yeah. those going unpunished. You can find isolated incidents against every club, but, really, and, and decisions but, have gone for every club. But, and, but we we live yeah. in a complete vacuum. It was exactly the same in the election. We look at our Twitter, and it's all t- totally Chelsea yeah. centric. I wouldn't have it any Drawing other way. Out, well, quite, but it draws that. <laughs> it draws that. Exactly the if same you, thing if you watch that match today, you look at Yaya Torre kicking Norwich player. No respective action mm. done. Yeah, no, Sergio Aguero at... stamping on but that's not the referees that's yeah. the media but then it's that's the whole I, yeah I, I think it feeds in do you know what do you know what the ultimate solution to all of this is uh, I've, I've, I've decided that the only way to deal with the FA is that Chelsea should tell them to jog on and we should withdraw from the FA Cup which is the only hang on it's the only kind of thing that they're involved with because of course the Premier League are involved with everything else I mean ironically the Premier League run football in this country but the FA run the referees that referee the Premier League games but they asked that their flagship is the FA Cup, which we win more than most people. They need us more as a brand for the FA Cup than we need the FA Cup. We should say, do you know what? Until you get your house in order, until you start treating us with some respect and fairly, you can fuck off the FA Cup. And they'll take us out of the league. So, yeah. right, you can start from the bottom, work your way back. I think again. you need four or five teams to That's do not that. the Premier League, Darren. Well, they'd have to get Scudamore's yeah, but they would still support each other on that you want to I, who knows I think they wants, need us as a brand too we're helping to feather their nest globally you know that's true Scudamore wants the big shot he wants to be Premier League 1, 2, 3, 4 I think pers- personally we should just get Roman to buy all the newspapers um, <laughs> the that. yeah, that's a good idea I mean, there, there, I mean you know that's extreme and a bit bonkers from me but I know you would expect nothing less um, of course there is, there is something that might subvert that uh, slightly, which and I actually kind of alluded to it. R- Roman buying all of the papers is one idea, but effectively he's buying the FA if we're led to believe, because we're hopefully going to 
well, I don't know about hopefully, but it looks like we might well be going to Wembley, uh, you know, in the two, in the three to four year period when they're rebuilding Stamford Bridge. And I think that they've offered something like 60 million for four years to get Spurs out of the equation. So effectively, Roman's buying the FA. So in that case, Roman, whilst you're doing the deal, you say, and of course, we want better treatment from the referees and from you lot and no more, no more banning Jose for stupid stuff that's not true. What do you think? You're speechless I again. You're speechless again. More about this. The FA is the only organisation that doesn't advocate free press, which is in free speech. Anyway, look, I mean, talking of Wembley, um, it does look like it's going to be Wembley, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, there's no real alternative, I suppose, no. apparently. And I don't know, it's an interesting one. Apparently, there's less than 50,000. They don't need to declare it as some sort yeah. of event or something. No. Yeah, so, that's, that's important. Yeah, so they wouldn't necessarily need to do that. So yeah, basically, basically, it would just be everything without the top tier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly enough, actually, Debs uh, emailed me early on about this, but apparently, the lower tier capacity is about 34,000, and the ring of indifference is about 15 which begs, I think, quite a lot of very interesting questions in terms of, you know, because, I mean, a lot of talk that I've had with people about it thus far is that actually, you know, we've now got a full of 50,000-seater stadium. And number one, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying that they probably won't go, which I... They still will. Well, you know, we don't know. But there's certainly a lot of rumbling, well, I don't know if I could be asked that kind of thing or it's going to cost more, I don't you know. I mean, I think that the club are going to have to work very, very hard to make sure that they, they fill that 50,000. And I think to do that, they're going to have to, you know, reduce the prices a lot. I really, really do. Or the other thing around is, you know, what, do you know what our capacity for corporate hospitality is at the moment? You got any idea? Uh, I can't remember. It's not anymore. that much. 5,000 maybe? I, I'd hazard a guess at somewhere around I there. I think I mean, it's just four and a half. I, I think yeah, it's about I that because, that, I mean, yeah. why would they be bumping up to 10 in the new yeah. stadium? So that means that there's 34,000, let's say... Yeah, there's about 26,000 season tickets. Yeah, yeah. There's 30, so there's 30, 34, call it 30,000. 30, okay, yeah. let's say they give 4,000 to the away. There's 30,000 uh, home fans plus uh, 15,000 the ring of indifference, 5,000 of those will be corporate. So they've got to do one of two things. They've either got to sell the corporate hospitality like Bilio and hopefully cross-subsidise <laughs> cross that by being able to charge the season ticket holders less because I think they're yeah. going to have to massive... I really do think they're going to have to incentivise it to make sure they fill it. Yeah. Uh, again, it depends on performances. Are we you know, going to win the league? We're in, if we're in Division 2, it might be a bit difficult. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be there, so, Darren. I'll be there. We'll be I'll be there, more Chish. keen to go if we were in Division 2. I've got to I be would. honest. I It'd would. Be fun. It would be fun. You know what? I was saying this to Kelvin before the game. I haven't seen Kelvin for ages. And, 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 and no, I was saying no. this. I, I, you know, I'm actually I'm loving it more You know, now we're shit and stuff. Because you know, you turn up at Stanford, but you don't know what you're going to get. Oh, I love that. I feel really enlivened by it. It is boring. Like The second season of Mourinho, when we won 18 at home, drew one and didn't lose any in the league... So it's just turn up knowing you're going to win every game. It does at least add some excitement now where we don't know what's going to happen, if we're going to win and if we're going to let in a load of goals. You know, to let in... It's only them and Arsenal that haven't scored against us at um, Stamford Bridge, isn't it? Everyone else scored two against us or three. It's an interesting thing, but I do think, you know, pricing is going to be really important. Demand is going to be interesting to see if if, if there's going to be a drop-off. Also, the seating, you know, will we be allowed to go you know, move on en masse or will we like, be able to like, choose who we sit with? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great if all of us lot could sit together? Oh, brilliant. I love that. You know, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, but a box of us are too lazy well, okay, to may- allow it. May- maybe not you. Yeah, but they, but, yeah, I mean, but they've got else. two years to plan, which they might have, then... They're lazy, the box of us. They're not going to do it. 
they're going to randomly allocate people wherever because it's easy for you might, them. You might, Graham listens to this show. Speak to him directly. And it, and it's I email him, and now and he doesn't even really. Temporary. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Pablo. I'll say it's only temporary. Is there a reason well, why I they could, don't need to bother thinking well, about it too much? Well, once made more fish, I could bring up at the meeting. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're allowed yeah. to, when you're allowed to mention the, yeah. the unmentionable. Um, but I do think. I mean, but the other thing, of course, the corollary of that, of course, if you allow, you know, mates who have been going for years but can't sit next to each other because of the way the stadium layout is. If you allow them to all sit together, it will improve the atmosphere. They still, still won't save oh. it in a half full Wembley. But going back to that, I mean, true how, enough. How, how well, that's me- an issue again in itself. Isn't how it? many members do we have? As a guess, eighty thousand. Yeah. So if you take, if you, add, if you include five thousand season ticket holders, which we'll probably get demand for, then suddenly you've, you're at thirty-eight, mm. and then it's on a match-by-match basis we could probably sell. Well, it'll be very interesting. I think there's a lot to go. Yeah. I mean, I know. I know the trust is going to, you know, lobby hard for stuff and also canvass some opinion on it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, as the Chinese say, Darren, we live in interesting times. I don't believe they say that. They do. I know this for a fact because <laughs> I asked a Chinese person and that's exactly what they said. I'm just imagining Tell being here and saying that in an accent. Now, yeah, but... <laughs> but luckily we're, we're a bit more PC now, so we don't have that kind of a behaviour. Right, OK, uh, enough of all of that. After the break, we're going to have our usual Chelsea fancast roundup. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I am joined by a man who's desperate to get out of here, he's had enough already, that is Darren Mantle. <laughs> And uh, the wonderful Dan Silver, who would be here all night if he could. And Pablo, <laughs> who's still kind of thinking about it. Um, anyway, uh, right, first of all, I've got a couple of emails. Um, now, I'm happy to read these two out, unless there are any volunteers. I'd like to read one out. Would you like to read one out? Yes, please. Would you like to read uh, Dave Abigail's or Keith Lowe's? Keith Lowe's. All right, done. Seems a bit longer. Hi, guys. Great show, as always. Just listening to the latest podcast. Just to say, can you mention to all fans that leave on 70 Minutes, I will be waiting by the entrance and will gladly take any tickets to go and support a club for the last 20 minutes. It's due to having a young family and my partner now being a stay-at-home mum, I cannot afford to go. People who go to any game, regardless of the situation or score, should always remember for the 42,000 that's at the game, there is another 42,000 who love the club who are not as lucky as those with tickets. So if they don't want to see the last 20 minutes, I will gladly go and take the seat. But honestly, please, if you're there, you're the 12th man, and please be a supporter and support the team. There's only so much singing songs to an illegal stream on a PC one can do that affects the team. <laughs> All the best, Keith. Top email, that, that is. Yeah. I mean, we obviously had a long natter about it on the last show, about you know the people who left at 7... But, and that elicited that response. I think he's spot on. People forget... You know, I mean, that, that give you an example. You know, I don't know who it was. Somebody tweeted me today a picture. They were sitting behind some bloke in the East Upper, um, and a young a young lad. I will say no more than that, otherwise I'll be accused of all sorts of closet racist things. But anyway, basically, this lad was sat there watching a film on his iPad for the entire earphones in, watching a film on his iPad. The I, I will, I will, I can't. It's on my phone. But I'll let, after the show, I'll show you the, the picture. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he's denying somebody who would cut their arm off for a ticket, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I agree. I mean, 
the thing that really sticks with me is that anyone that does leave 20 minutes early shouldn't be complaining about season ticket prices or like ticket prices when they're if it's 50 quid for a ticket and you're leaving 20 minutes early you know what, what's the point you've lost out of 10 pounds of the value well, or whatever well else. quite I mean you know sadly I, sus- I don't know you know I mean without going back into this again I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens you know my gut feel is the the hardcore, the loyal supporters, providing they can afford it, will go to Wembley. They, they would go to bloody watch us in, in Glasgow every week if we move there. And I just wonder if it might clear out a few of these pillocks who just turn up because it's in Chelsea, because it's entertaining, although they think it's supposed to be in all Yeah, that. I agree. In a way, I kind of hope it does. The trouble is, you know, there's, because of like, we're obviously close to places like Harrods and Hyde Park, the people might just think, oh, well, we're nearby, we'll oh, go watch it. Always has been. Merchants. Always has been. You know, we've always had that kind of transient fan base going way back. You know, mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see, won't it? But I still think if they reduce the prices, it'll help. I think it, you know, it might actually allow some of the people who can't afford to go to get in there. Yeah, it would do, but they're never going to bother doing it for as long as they can leave it at the yeah, price it is at the moment. They will do, and Wish, then when they can put it up thinking, a bit, they will. Wishful thinking from red cheek. Whenever they don't raise the ticket prices, it isn't because they've listened to supporters. It's because they can see the supply and demand doesn't allow it. That's all it is. Well, at the end of the day, mate, I don't need to tell you and you and your MBA. You know, it's about economics, about supply exactly. and demand. The elasticity of demand exactly. will go lower when they move to Wembley. Go and read your textbook, and then come back to me next week and tell me what I'm talking about. <laughs> I really know. Thanks. Do you know what? When I did my economics degree, you'll be you'll love this. I actually did a song uh, to explain the laws of economics, and basically what it what I did, I transformed the laws of supply and demand, elasticity and elasticity, all of that, uh, to sex. Okay. Have you got time to now explain the rest of that? The more you have of something, the less you want more of it. For example. Potentially. But but depends what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. uh, From the fantastic Dave Abigail, who uh, those on Twitter will know him as CFC Science. And he says, Hey, Chidge, this point is shamelessly stolen from my wife, but it's so good I thought I had to share. What? She's so good she thinks he has to share her. Dave, that's very generous of you. Anyway, Jose is quite rightly pissed off that the FA treat him different to Wenger. It seems that Arsene can say what he likes about referees and nothing is ever done. While Jose gets punished time and time again for pointing out the bleeding obvious. Here's what Jose should do about it. Next time he wants to complain about the refereeing, he should use direct quotes from Wenger. No need to say, as Arsene said, or Mr. Wenger said this, so I know it's okay. Just use exactly the same words that Wenger has used in the past without attribution. Then, if he gets fined, Chelsea can point this out on appeal, and it would make the FA's bias even more obvious. In fact, I guess there's no need to limit the quotes to just Wenger, since Pardew, Van Gaal and others also seem able to whine about the officials with impunity. He can take words from them all. What do you think? Pamela, you're a resident lawyer. What do you think about that? That's a smart plan to me. It could be quite funny. I suspect it'll backfire in our face and we'll end up with a big stadium ban and nothing will be done about the rest of it. But... Well, if you remember, he got, he, got, he got fined for praising the referees because they decided he was being sarcastic. You remember that last season? Yeah. You know, madness. So you can't, you know, he can't win, can he? Basically, they hate him, they hate us, and he's just going to get bollocks every time. But it would be quite funny. It would be very funny. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, Right, okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it, apart from the usual plugs that I have, which I shall bore the others with now. But uh, that's all right. The quicker I get through them, Darren. 
Quick, we can all go on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right, now let us know what you think of the show or if you've got any questions, email us during the week to chelseafancast at gmail.com and we will read them out on the show, just like we have done. I do love getting emails, so if you've got you know something you want to get off your chest, let me know because it's... Uh, I, I, it's more fun when we, you get to hear what other people think. Uh, now, CFC UK. You can get the new edition of CFC UK at home games from the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. And, of course, also at the way games. The first, uh, I can't remember what the number was now, but the, the new one was out on Saturday. Um, as always, I've only read mine so far. I've got halfway through Walters, I think. That's about how far I am through it. As always, Walters is absolutely top-notch. Uh, the Shedditor... Uh, has been a bit uh, controversial, and he he came up to me uh, in his disguise, of course, and says he says he says I've uh, I've I've given uh, Mourinho a bit of a coating in this month's CFC UK, and I said no, no, not the Shedditor, not Chelsea Guevara, surely not. But he has he's called it as he sees it. To be fair, called it. As I haven't he yet read it, but no. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. When I mean, the surprising amount of people who you would expect perhaps wouldn't come out with this kind of stuff are getting a bit bored and fed up with his antics really you know on and off the pitch but anyway yeah we've done that to death we won't do it anymore and I shall get sued by the only man that successfully sued Ken Bates and won uh, anyway uh, it's brilliant uh, I'll tell you why it's brilliant because I've done one this week and I completely and utterly quoted George Orwell from his article which begat the misquoted war without the bullets quote when you read it, Darren, you'll know what I mean. Uh, anyway, uh, if you can't get it at, uh, at Fulham Broadway, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, uh, if you follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa, uh, you can also get it uh, either digitally or you can actually get a proper hard, uh, well, like paper copy. I wouldn't call it hardback, but certainly paper copy. And... To do that, you contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at D-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G underscore. Dan forgot his part there, but I'll forgive him. Right, Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, we had a board meeting last week, uh, didn't we? We did, didn't we? Was it last week? It was yeah. last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we've got an SGM coming up um, after the Norwich game, which I can exclusively reveal, I think. Am I allowed to exclusively reveal? Depends on what you're about to exclusively reveal. It involves Rick. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that bit. I'm not allowed to exclusively yeah, reveal it that. It hasn't been finalised. Okay. But it uh, is going to have um, Alison a... Gurdon and the oh, Jacks. that's even more yeah, exciting in a way. Yes, the lovely Alison Gurdon, the even lovelier Amanda Jacks will be, and Melanie Cook as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're all going to be there talking about what to do when you get arrested uh, by a policeman at a football match. And other fan-related issues but mainly that yeah yeah uh they are great actually if you follow any of them on twitter their advice is absolutely fantastic and if you don't do yeah if you yeah. don't follow them do follow them i i you'll just have to enter their names into twitter because i haven't got their twitter addresses here anyway yes yeah, so there's an sgm coming up on the 21st after the narwich game so if you're a member do come along if you're not a member it's very very simple you pay five pounds and you become a voting member or it's free to non-voting members and it's wonderful. Anyway, sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Uh, come to the meetings, come to the events, vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Uh, there's also a newsletter that is imminent, I believe. There's one coming out, I think, this weekend. And also the results of the annual survey, which I've been trailing for four months, will be out soon. Uh, anyway, follow the Chelsea Trust at Chelsea S Trust. Now, uh, I plugged it earlier on. I'm going to keep plugging it until... Until I'm out of plugs, basically. But uh, Football Blogging Awards. We have made the finals of the Football Blogging Awards. 
voting is open you if you voted already in the pre-vote then you need to vote again because we need to win this we need to win this for chelsea so that i can have a night out in manchester we won it in 2012 and i've just about recovered darren i mean do, do you remember do you remember um, anything about uh, the evening we had uh, when we won the i mean as i tell people that most people think that 2012 was memorable for chelsea winning the champions league no, it's more memorable for Chelsea Fancast winning the best football podcast at the FBA, isn't it? Is that when we went to that pub afterwards with one leg on the cup and yeah, his mate? That's right. I, I tell this story usually without you here, so it's much more funnier to tell it when, when you are here. Uh, shall I tell it my version or shall we hear your version? You probably remember it actually better than I do. Oh. And you probably haven't actually changed it at all either. No. I don't think you need any um, creative control Well, I mean, for, we, we had this dude that was in a Masonic Hall in Stockport. Darren was very excited because it was near the Hat Factory and the Hat Museum. Yeah, Which is where I used to work. Well, where where I used to around work. the corner from there, yeah. You see James Miller. Anyway, the, the, having won, you know, I thought, great, I'm, I'm now going to go out for a massive night on the town in, uh, in, in Manchester. Although, sadly, the hotel we stayed in was full of a... Uh, a party of transvestites, wasn't it? If you remember that, do you remember the transvestites at the hotel? No, I don't. <laughs> was that not just Darren in his pink shorts? No, no, no. They were. They were. He was battered already by then. But you know, there were actually a whole group of transvestites, transsexuals, in fact, staying at the hotel. Uh, so that kind of, you know, uh, kind of put a dampener on it in some respects. But anyway, we went out. I thought we'd have a big after party afterwards in downtown Manchester. We ended up in some bar in the. Dresden? Did we go to or not? We went into the Canal District. Was it? No, I wanted to go to um, Canal Street. Well, where did we go? Chelsea Vita. I thought one had gone a cup and thing he brought us to Dresden to a pub. No, no, I'm talking about Drawsden later. Remember we went to some bar and Tell did Drawsden. Tell didn't like it. Tell didn't like it because it was rammed, wasn't it? We had free access to this kind of nightclub bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot still, about that. You were yeah. still just about sober, a compass mentors by this stage. Yeah, I Tell didn't like that. it, so we had yeah, to go. That's and right. then we got phoned up by Tony and one uh, Tony and Johnny the Rhino. And they said, hey, hey we could get you into our, our pub in Droylsden, <laughs> but it's a bit rough. And we have to phone up the landlord first to see if he allows Cockneys in. And, 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 and me and Tell are like, yeah, we're well up for this. Come on then, let's let's have a proper pint in a proper northern Manchester boozer. And Darren's like, Bleh. he was still just about away. And we we got in the cab. I have a photograph in the cab of Darren asleep, which I I really ought to put on Twitter. But uh, we ended up in the pub, and I will tell you, this pub, the Lazy Frog or something. Yeah, it's about yeah. Right. It was it was rough, man. And I, you know, and we were like sticking out like a sore thumb. We're all cockneys, and we're all suited and booted pretty much yeah, aren't we yeah, so we, and everybody else in the pub was definitely not suited and booted and anyway me and tell made friends immediately because we like that you know a few guinnesses we're you know talking to the manx you know proving that we're actually human it's it's okay they don't have to kill us yet and uh, about half an hour into this darren's disappeared and uh, tony and johnny come up to me saying hey your mate darren he's gone he's disappeared you know and i said well he'll be all right you know he'll be asleep under a table somewhere he'll be all right. no no that's not good he might he might get killed this is this, <laughs> this is a rough pub you don't know we, we need to go and they were they were me and tell were like, oh fuck off we'll have another pint <laughs> they were really worried they were i mean you know they're big in that better pub they're, was it? They're, oh yeah they're big chaps Tony and Johnny, if you remember, yeah, yeah, they were running around getting a sweat on, looking for you. They 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 looked in the bar. Like, I can't can't see him anywhere. I don't know where he's. This is getting. This is not good. This is not. I mean, me and Tal, oh, fuck off, I'm really Guinness. Uh, you know. Anyway, let, we said okay. I will eventually half an hour later. So I will go and find him. Then anyway, we went out in the garden. And there you were, absolutely crashed out of sleep under a garden table. 
Now, we thought that, that was perfectly normal behaviour. This is what we do in London all the time. But anyway, Tony and Johnny freaked up. Oh, we, we think you should go. We th- we'll get you a cab. We th- think you should go. Is that when we left? Yeah, and they got us a cab and we had to get out there. Oh, I thought I had a second wind. I thought it was No, 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 no. Yeah, you did. And then we thought, actually, you know what? We better go. <laughs> <laughs> and then to, 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 to prove what a wonderful man uh, uh, Darren is, because we, we were too tight to get lots of rooms, so we all stayed in the same room. And there was like one kind of sofa, one double bed and a floor. And I got to sleep in the double bed. Tell slept on the sofa and Darren for the whole night slept on the floor. What a trooper. Yeah, I, you know, respect you, Darren. <laughs> I've slept on many a floor. Anyway, it was a cracking night, wasn't it? It was. It was it a cracking night. And maybe even better because why? We won. We won, yeah. we won. And what do we want to do again? We want to win again. We want to win it again. So you lot out there, having, I've just told you a great story, so you therefore should go and vote for us, just on the strength of that. It's very, very easy. All you have to do is to go to their website, uh, footballbloggingawards.co.uk, it's actually www.footballbloggingawards.co.uk, forward slash vote hyphen now, or even easier, if you're on Twitter, all you have to do is to go to their Twitter, well, just go to your Twitter account and write the following. I am voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast as the best uh, football hashtag podcast. All very easy. I will keep putting it out on Facebook and I'll keep putting it out on Twitter until you you hate me. Then You'll hate me so much you'll never listen to the show. Okay, I'll tell you what. If we win, I promise never to do another show. How about that? That's a good deal, isn't it? Get Jonathan Kidd in full-time presenting. Yeah, that, that, actually, that's, that's an even better threat. If, if we win... I'll continue presenting it. If we lose and you don't for us, I will hand the reins over to Jonathan Kidd. You have been warned. Um, now, look, while you're at it, go and vote for our mates Chelsea HQ as the best social football account as well. He's a great lad. He's fantastic. If you want to like, just get somebody who summarises all the news and the gossip about what's going on with Chelsea, he is the man. That's Chelsea HQ on Twitter. But do vote for him. He's been very nice about us and helping us to get the vote out. Now, it all ends on the 30th of October at midnight and the winners will be announced at the National Football Museum at the awards do which I'm certainly going to be at when is it on the night it's a bloody Thursday night mate it's a nightmare and not least because I have to be in Hampshire at 10 o'clock the next morning yeah figure that one out but I'm going to probably have to drive all the way back afterwards it'd be a bit like going to Man United away in a Champions League quarterfinal with extra time and penalties. Europa League quarterfinal. Europa League quarterfinal. <laughs> but you, you get the gist. You know, extra time, penalties, then have to drive all the way home. Sober, not good. But hey-ho, I'm, if we win, it'll all be worth it. Yeah, so what is it, December time or when? 19th of November. That's the award thingy. That's the do. You know, half price for you lot. I can twenty five quid. No, I know. You I don't can. know why you you spent all day just reading stuff online. You don't do anything during the day. Au contraire, I've got clients and stuff now, mate. You, Did, I haven't seen you for ages. I've not told you about the exciting news in my life. We'll have to wait until after the show because, much as I'd love to tell you now, I'm sure they won't like to hear it. <laughs> uh, anyway, you lot know what to do. Go and vote, Chidge. Vote often. Vote Chidge. A vote for Chidge is a vote for Chelsea. You know what to do. Right now, we got to go really because these boys have basically had enough of it and me. Uh, we will be back on Monday, the uh, 26th of October. That will be next Monday to report back on the games against Dynamo Kiev. And uh, West Ham United. Uh, I will be joined by Dr. Mart, Clive O'Connell and Dan Levine, also formerly known as Bruce Chronicle. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast. I'm at Stamford Chid. Dan is at Dan Silves. 73. 73. 
Uh, and the others are private about their Twitter, so I won't tell anybody what their Twitter address is. Yeah, I'm obscure. Oh, it's uh, at Darren Mantle. Oh, you're at Darren Mantle. Well, you don't tweet much, Darren. I thought you would like. I uh, got a bit bored with it, to yeah. be honest with you. I do go on there most days. I just don't really tweet. I only just right. saw that you tweeted that we'd be on the show. Well, there you go. Um, you know where to find them. Uh, if not, find them in the pubs around Chelsea on a match day. Uh, right. Uh, also, of course, check out our website, where sometimes, occasionally, once or twice a year, we put a blog up there. ChelseaFanCast.com and of course that's where you can get all the information on how to download and listen to the show and of course don't forget to join our Facebook group the Facebook.com forward slash ChelseaFanCast that's it for me right many thanks to my guest this week Darren it's been great to have you back when did we stop doing celery moment and all that Guinness moment oh when I couldn't be asked to do it anymore I like that part of the show. Well, you know. I spent quite a while today trying to think about what they'd be as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> well, I don't believe it. That's a <laughs> don't have a celery moment anymore. He wants us to come back, Chidge. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Basically, I decided that it was just... I'd done it for years, and I was having to put it on the website, and I, and I just thought, I've had enough Don't worry about making other people. There are people from Mixer that could throw things in, but you've got people on the table. You used to pick... Three or four things you find on Twitter. Then the four of us would talk about it, and then we'd sing whichever one one chant in the match. And as always, it was you that opened it up to everyone else. Bring it back into just the four people around the table. Yeah. You see, basically, let's just, let's just turn off the mics and have a chat. Basically, basically, yeah. Darren's just said he doesn't like the show anymore. <laughs> that was probably my favourite part of the show. Well, all right. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, if we win, if we win the football blogging awards, okay. I will reinstate the man of the match, the celery moment, the Guinness moment, and the chant of the match. Okay? If we win. If you like that bit of the show out there, get all your mates and everybody you can to go and vote it, and I will bring it back. If we don't win it, it's gone. It's as simple as that. Anyway, it's been nice to see you. Yeah, it's been good. Honestly, I've enjoyed being back on the show. There's a lot of people I forgot even existed that I've just seen again on Mixilla, so... It's good to, um, uh, we are the shed, whoever he is. Yeah, whoever we are the shed is. Yeah. We are the shed, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Richard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it must yeah. be Mr. Weeks from it's, some of his comments, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's been good being back on it, Chid. It's been lovely to see you too. Dan, as always, great to see yeah, you. Yeah, good to be back. What's it, you got a little bit of an inkling of what it was like, you know, years ago, really, yeah. with these two on here. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I had my TV time with them, but it's good. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah was, of course was, you did. I was on the benches yeah. for a long you time. You did, yeah, that's right. And good to see you, mate, as always. Pablo, 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 great to have you back. Yeah, it's been fun. Hasn't it? Yes. It's quite fun, isn't it? I quite enjoy it, really. I mean, don't believe a word I say about it. It's all untrue. <laughs> I actually love it. I love it. And I love you lot out there, particularly the ones in Mixler who, who keep us company. Um, it's brilliant, as always, to see you in there. Um, thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.